Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. The starting lineup, well, is names that are not too familiar at the tail end of the field and some that are very familiar far back in the pack as qualifying went kind of crazy, so to speak, here the first day. It was a little unusual. 43rd starting spot is Robert Sprague from North Bend, Oregon. He's in a Ford. 20, excuse me, 42nd starter is Mike Chase from Bakersfield, California, the Fry Miller Trucking Ford. Starting in 41st, Rick, Rick Mast of Rockbridge Baths, Virginia. He's in the Skull Classic Oldsmobile. 40th is John Krebs from Roseville. California, the West Coast edition of the Skull Pontiac. 39th is Richard Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, the STP Pontiac. 38th starter is Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania, the Mr. Peanut Chevrolet. Ted Musgrave from Franklin, Wisconsin, starts 37th in the U.S. Racing Pontiac. 36th will be R.K. Smith from Rancho Santa Fe, California. He's in the Midgley Racing Pontiac. 35th starter is Bobby Hamilton of Nashville, Tennessee, the Country Time Oldsmobile. Starting in 34th, Stanley Smith. He's made the trip out west from Chelsea, Alabama. He's in the Interstate Batteries Buick. Going 33rd, Bobby Hillen of Midland, Texas for the second week in a row, driving the Jimmy Means Alka-Seltzer Pontiac. 32nd is Mickey Gibbs of Glencoe, Alabama, the Team 3 Pontiac. And 31st from Jacksonville Beach, Florida, but he makes his base out here on the West Coast. Scott Gaylord in the Oliver Oldsmobile, a man who is back racing on the Winston West Tour. He's been idle since 1988. 30th position will be Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington in the Pure Later Chevrolet. 29th is Bill Sedgwick, another California driver. He's from Granada Hills, California in the Spears Chevrolet. 28th, Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York has the Quaker State Buick. The 27th position is Chad Little of Spokane, Washington in the Red Baron Racing Ford. 26th, Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia in the Coors Light Ford. And Bill has a long ways to go to get to the front. He was the fastest second day qualifier. 25th, another great road racer, Bill Smith of Redding, California in the 7-Up Raley's Racing Ford. 24th starter will be Hut Strickland of Calera, Alabama in the Raybestos Buick. 23rd, Harry Gant out of Taylorsville, North Carolina, the Skull Bandit Oldsmobile. 22nd is Herschel McGriff of Portland, Oregon in the U.S. Bank Racing Pontiac. He should be a factor here today also. 21st, Dale Jarrett of Conover, North Carolina in the Sitco Ford. As the field has come to life down on pit road, let's continue our look at the starting lineup. 20th is Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina, the Motorcraft Ford. Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida has the Snickers Buick in 19th. 18th is Irv Hare out of Peoria, Illinois, the Bay Area Oldsmobile. He's a standout on the road courses of IMSA competition and the Trans Am Series. Also on the 17th starting spot, Joe Rutman of uh, Upland, California. That's the Raymock Oldsmobile. Starting in 16th spot, Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, the Big Apple Market Chevrolet. Going 15th is Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, the Maxwell House Ford. Mark Martin in 
in the backup car from Batesville, Arkansas, has the Folgers Ford in 14th position with the new engine after an engine change earlier this morning. Davey Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, has the Haviland Ford in 13th. 12th is Jeff Bodine returning to Winston Cup Racing after the injuries suffered at Charlotte back in mid-May. He's from Chemung, New York, driving the Budweiser Ford from 12th spot. And 11th is Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, the Kodak Film Chevrolet. Quick look at the top 10. Daryl Waltrip is 10th. He's from Franklin, Tennessee in the Western Auto Chevrolet. Starting 9th is Lake Speed from Jackson, Mississippi in the Trop Arctic Racing Pontiac. The 8th starter is Michael Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky in the Pennzoil Pontiac. Starting 7th, Alan Kowicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin in the Hooters Ford. The 6th position, Kenny Schrader of Fenton, Missouri in the Kodiak Chevrolet. Starting 5th is Tom Kendall, the young driver we talked about from La Canada, California in the Mellow Yellow Racing Pontiac. Starting 4th, Rusty Wallace of Fenton, Missouri. He's in the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac. And starting 3rd, Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, the GM Goodrich Chevrolet. And on the front row, Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas in the Sunoco Ultra Oldsmobile. And on the pole, Ricky Rudd from Chesapeake, Virginia in the Tide Chevrolet. We're set to go 74 laps. That is 187 miles, 300 kilometers here at Sears Point. And as the teams now complete the second of three warm-up laps, why don't we begin to take a tour around this 11-turn road course and familiarize you with the many voices you'll be hearing throughout our broadcast this afternoon. Barney Hall and I are situated right here at the exit of the pit lane at the start finish line and as soon as the cars pass us going from right to left as we look at it they'll make a hard left hand turn and begin a snaking climb uphill towards turn number two three four and five a critical portion of this racetrack because you don't have the best of views going uphill joe moore from hampton virginia is positioned at the top of that hill eli must be quite a ride for the drivers when they come up to the top of that hill because it is so steep they can barely see over the hood of the car and once they can get a sight of what they're facing it's a hard right hand turn then a straight shoot of about 300 feet downhill including a little dip that gives it sort of a roller coaster like ride at the bottom of that 300 foot straight shoot is another hard turn this time a left hander which goes uphill this turn sweeps around as a matter of fact goes up going in goes down as it heads back around to turn number three that's a sharp hairpin and it empties down to a downhill slide again which heads back down towards the carousel Trouble spots here at the top of the hill in turn two and the hairpin in turn four. The carousel is a place that all the drivers say you can give your own self quite a thrill. And to cover the action there from Portland, Oregon, is Fred Armstrong. Well, thank you, Barney. Good afternoon, everybody. Just as soon as the drivers got used to climbing up the hill, they got to start downhill again. And as they come off turn number five, they go over a brief hump up in the air about 10 feet. But then it's a steep descent down the carousel turn. They make a hard left-hand turn. It's a sweeper, and it's about 180 degrees. One of the narrowest parts of the racetrack, too. The challenge for the drivers here is to try to get in line before you get into the carousel because if you get hung out on the outside, you can end up in the grass. On the outside of the grass, there's a tire wall and a dirt bank, and that's not where you want to be. After they get down to the bottom of the hill, they dump out and flatten out onto the drag strip. And as soon as you make that turn onto the drag strip, which is home to the NHRA Winston Drag Racing Series that runs here every year, that's where Alan Bestwick is positioned at one of the quickest portions of this racetrack, which quickly becomes one of the slowest portions of the track. Yeah, it certainly does, Eli. They go up 
to about 160 miles an hour, flat out in high gear, coming uphill down the end, the runoff area at the end of the drag strip, if you will. Make a fairly slight left-hand kink, and then it's hard on the brake, down to third gear, down to second gear, for a 180-degree hairpin. This is turn number seven. We'll call it the hairpin turn this afternoon. Down to the inside, this is one of the best places on this entire course to make a pass. If you get the opportunity to brake a little bit later than the guy in front of you you're trying to get around, you get down to the inside, force him to the outside of this very flat corner, then beat him off up onto the flat straightaway, which leads down to the S's, back up through the gearbox and headed down the hill. Then they move into turns eight and nine, and that is where the beginning of the S's are. It's some very tricky driving through there. Good place to really put a wrinkle on your car and to cover the action from Redding, Connecticut. Let's go over to Rick Benjamin. Hello again, everyone. Thank you, Barney. And we will be watching the cars as they come out of the hairpin and start the downhill trek on the backside of the Sears Point Raceway course. Lots of left and right action. It's called the S's. We're atop the Goodyear Bridge. The cars will be turning left first, then right, downhill a little further, a short straightaway to the Winston Cup Bridge, which is turn 10. Lots of single file action here. You don't want to get out of line on this part of the Sears Point course. As the cars head beneath that Winston Cup Series bridge that Rick was telling you about, that's the setting up portion for turns 10 and that final turn on the course, turn number 11, and positioned there high atop a drag racing tower, the best view of that end of the speedway, David Hyatt from Daytona Beach, Florida. Thanks, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. The drivers will come down single file under the Winston Cup bridge. Coming into turn 10, it's an off-camber right-hand turn. It's about 30 feet wide. To the outside of that turn is about a 20-foot grassy area, a protective berm, if you will, to the outside retaining wall. The quickest way through here, we've seen the drivers dropping the left side of the car right off in the dirt coming down this short chute. They head down then to the hairpin at this end of the racetrack, which is turn 11, and they get on the binders down to turn 2, or rather second gear, which is absolutely the slowest portion of this racetrack. To complicate matters, entrance to pit road is right here at turn 11, and it's on the outside of the racetrack. It is a bit of a breeze. Easy day, as you could hear the wind buffeting against David Hyatt's microphone, but a pleasant day nevertheless here in the wine country of Northern California. That entire tour of the racetrack takes 2.52 miles around. Today's broadcast of the Banquet 300 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Sears Point International Raceway to MRN Radio solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. On the front row, Ricky Rudd. He's the pole sitter alongside Terry Labonte. Labonte, in his own right, one of the very best road racers that this circuit has. Those two fellows are behind that silver Chevrolet Lumina being driven by Elmo Langley, the pace car here at Sears Point. They'll bypass turn number 11 and head towards the pit straight and the first of 74 laps, 300 kilometers of racing. Glad you're with us here in Northern California. We're set for the Banquet 300. There could be some of the hardest racing this first lap that we'll see all day here at Sears Point. That's when the drivers really try to get position, get around as many cars as they can as they get ready to put them under green. We are off and running in the back of Frozen Food 300. They make the hard left turn, start up the hill, and on the break, Ricky Rudd gets out front all by himself. Earnhardt scoots into the number two position. Rusty Wallace is third, and Terry Labonte has already dropped back to fourth spot. A lot of jockeying going on at the front of the pack as they work their way to the top of the hill. Labonte shuffling to try to get back in line. Finally, he does. The 
battle will be back in about the fifth position. Alan Kowicki dives down low, coming to the bottom of the hill in turn three. He'll get by the Ken Schrader car. Meanwhile, up front, it's Rudd leading the way. Earnhardt is second. Rusty Wallace is third. Then the Terry Labonte car, followed by Tom Kendall, Michael Waltrip, and Alan Kowicki. Back down the hill, everybody's single file, and already Rudd beginning to put some distance on the rest of the field. Dale Earnhardt sits in the second spot. Ricky Rudd into the carousel. He'll tuck it down to the inside of the racetrack. Rudd with about three car lengths as he comes off the carousel and onto the drag strip. Right orange Chevrolet flashes out now up through the gearbox as they come up to turn number seven. The hairpin at the end of the straightaway for the first time. Rudd, ten car lengths over Earnhardt. Rusty Wallace closes in on Earnhardt. He's going to take a look for second spot. Still, Labonte hanging in fourth. Tom Kendall is fifth. Michael Waltrip sixth. Kowicki is seventh. First battle will be for eighth between Schrader and Darrell Waltrip. Schrader and Waltrip going at it as Ricky Rudd takes the field through the S's. Dale Earnhardt puts a wheel up on the berm trying to give Chase to Rudd. He's second. Wallace is third. Labonte fourth. Tommy Kendall with a good ride to fifth. Your leader is Rudd. Single file under the Winston Cup bridge heading for turn 10. Ricky Rudd will drop that tied Chevrolet right up to the high side of this short shoot right behind him. Dale Earnhardt closing in for the hairpin. The man who has to work now to get back in line is Terry Labonte. He goes from a start on the front row back in a fourth position as Rudd leads. Dale Earnhardt is second. Third is Rusty Wallace. Labonte runs in the fourth spot. Fifth is Tommy Kendall. Michael Waltrip runs in the sixth spot. Seventh is Alan Kowicki. Eighth now is Ken Schrader. Darrell Waltrip ninth. Lake Speed up the tenth but Rudd is already climbing the hill way back up towards turn two. Last time by, Rudd had about a 10-car length lead on Dale Earnhardt. He's beginning to shut down the distance between the two machines. Mark it down about five car lengths as they come downhill into turn number three. Rusty Wallace also is on the challenge. He's closing in on the rear deck of the Dale Earnhardt car. Everybody single file, this time back to turn four. Rudd leads the way with Earnhardt, tracking him down as they head for five. Down the hill, the battle is going to be for fourth as Tommy Kendall takes a peek to the inside. There'll be no room to make the move this time. Terry Labonte is there. They'll come up the hill now, set up for the carousel. Everybody drops back into single file. Labonte will cover the spot. No room for Kendall to make the move. He'll drop back in line. Now the battle is for second with Rusty Wallace on the inside of Dale Earnhardt. Wallace puts the black Pontiac to the inside of Earnhardt's black Chevrolet. A horsepower duel to the top of the hill. It's an even battle and Earnhardt's going to have the advantage here. He's got the inside line. Wallace will fall back into line. Single file behind Earnhardt. About a car length in front of Terry Labonte as Ricky Rudd leads down the hill. We heard Rusty Wallace say he wanted to get to the front quickly. He's putting the charge on Dale Earnhardt under the Goodyear Bridge into turn eight. But so far, Earnhardt has the better of Wallace in that battle for second. Terry Labonte is fourth. Tommy Kendall fifth. Michael Waltrip and Alan Kowicki hooking up in a good one for sixth. Kenny Schrader and Darrell Waltrip with a tight race for eighth. Ricky Rudd stretches it out through turn 10 now over Dale Earnhardt. This is a spot where Earnhardt closes in as they head to that hairpin. Right on his bumper it will be Lusty Wallace. The front five now will get in a bunch as they head through turn 11. That could be some of the best racing of the day between Dale Earnhardt and Rusty Wallace. Meanwhile, an unscheduled pit stop just a moment ago on Bobby Hamilton. Let's see if we can get a report. Well, it came in to change left side tires on his Oldsmobile, Barney, and sent him on his way. So he had the left tire down on the Oldsmobile. Boy, it is hard to really make an unscheduled stop here and get back up to the front of the pack, but I'm sure we're going to have some cautions before the day is over. Meanwhile, Ricky Rudd is still the leader, and he's heading up toward turn three. Earnhardt is closing in even more on Rudd. Mark it now down to about two car lengths of separation between first and second. Rusty Wallace's car comes off the ground here as he hits turn number three. The inside berm of the racetrack gets it back under control as he follows 
back downhill. Right behind him, the Terry Labonte car, then Tommy Kendall. Ten car links back to the next machine. That's Michael Waltrip. The top three just about single file and nose to tail as they come into turn number six. Earnhardt will peek down to the inside, but Ricky Rudd will shut the door coming into the carousel. Now again, Rusty Wallace makes a move off the corner. Wallace tries again to look to the inside of Earnhardt as they hit the drag strip. Can't get it done. They'll run single file this time. The real good battling on the racetrack and the traffic jam is back from the eighth spot on back. That's where Ken Schrader and Darrell Waltrip continue to battle. Waltrip is going to look to the outside of Schrader. At Trouble the out of turn number five. One car will slide off the outside of the racetrack and go way high on the banking. It is a white machine. It has come to rest on, on the outside of the racetrack. It is the Bodine car. It appears that is R.K. Oh. Smith as uh, he is the car that has gone off the uh, racetrack and onto the side of a hill and it is somewhat of a, an unusual angle. He is, uh, well, he looks like he's in the banking except there is no banking. He's kind of created some for himself. The uh, caution, remember, is out only in that area until this very moment. The word has just come now to put an all-course caution as uh, R.K. Smith just went off the track and found a dirt bank and that was it. It's real easy to get off here and it's real easy to get the car on its roof the way some of the banks and the, and the terrain lie next to this racetrack. But the caution is now being displayed to the field and it will be a full course caution as the caution flag first one of the day just being displayed for an accident a moment ago involving R.K. Smith. For an update on what happened, let's go back up near turn five. Well, it all started when R.K. Smith got to the outside of the racetrack. As soon as you get off here, you get into the grass, you just go scooting right to the outside banking. And the banking here is pretty steep. R.K. Smith's car now looks like it's uh, sitting in turn three at uh, Daytona or at Talladega. Smith has climbed out of the machine. Just a brief grass fire as uh, the head pipes got down onto the grass there. But no problem. They put that out. R.K. Smith has removed himself for the car, and he's walking around under his own power. The car still sits on the outside of the racetrack in turn five. He's been racing for a long time. He's 53 years old. We talked with him yesterday, and he is hoping to make a good showing here today, but not going his way right now. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. The rumble of racing engines as cars accelerate up through the gearbox and begin to climb uphill. Back under green here at Sears Point, Ricky Rudd continues to lead the Banquet 300 there in turn two. Earnhardt rides to the second spot. Rusty Wallace still is third. Wallace breaks loose, coming off turn number two, gets it back under control. Labonte sits fourth in line. Fifth is Tommy Kendall. Sixth now, Michael Waltrip. Alan Kowicki is seventh. Eighth is Kenny Schrader. Ninth, Dale Earnhardt. Rather, Darrell Waltrip. And tenth is Lake Speed. All single file heading to turn ten. Ricky Rudd leads the way down the hill. They'll set up for the bottom of turn five. A hard right-hand turn. Now they'll climb back up the hill a bit. Rudd begins to open it up once again as they head into the carousel turn. Everybody tucks down to the bottom of the racetrack. All single file as they head down to the drag strip. Onto the straightaway now, a Chevrolet leads another Chevrolet. A Pontiac runs third. Oldsmobile is fourth, and another Pontiac runs in the fifth position. The battle again for second. Rusty Wallace looks to the outside of Dale Earnhardt at the end of the straightaway. Earnhardt with a little kind of feint to the right will hold Wallace off for now. Rusty will fall back in line. Single file as they head down the hill. Rusty Wallace goes 
Crow in that Pontiac, that Miller Pontiac at Dale Earnhardt as they head down the hill through eight and nine. Dale Earnhardt is second behind Rudd. Rusty Wallace is third. Terry Labonte, Tommy Kendall, and now Michael Waltrip filling Tommy Kendall's mirrors. That'll be a battle for fifth spot as they make it to the Winston Cup Bridge. Under the Winston Bridge, Ricky Rudd will stretch it out a bit over Dale Earnhardt. Uh, rather, Rusty Wallace right behind Earnhardt trying to get a bit as they head for the hairpin. Tell you, there's an awful lot of driving skill in negotiating this road course, and to watch Ricky Rudd when he gets in front, the lines he takes through this corner is truly poetry in motion to watch Rudd get around this course, but he's got plenty of competition breathing right down his neck as they come down to the start-finish line. Rudd is a leader, Earnhardt rides second, third is still Wallace, about three car lengths separate the front three. Another car on pit road for an unscheduled pit stop. Let's get a report. Alan Kowicki is in the pits. Alan Kowicki brings his Hooters Ford in. And they're going to the left side to change left side tires on it. So evidently a flat tire for Alan Kowicki and the Hooters Ford. A short day for R.K. Smith. R.K., a lot of oil on your Pontiac. What happened? Well, we uh, unfortunately lost the motor very early on. We've been having a uh, problem all weekend. And it's just too bad it came to such a uh, premature end. Uh, this is my first ever uh, Winston Cup race. Never saw a car like this until Thursday of this week. And I uh, was real pleased to make the show and uh, just uh, not very happy. Happy to have it end so soon. So a short day for R.K. Smith. Meanwhile, great battle on the racetrack now between Rusty Wallace and Dale Earnhardt as they come out from underneath the Goodyear Bridge. Wallace making a great move to the inside in turn seven. He's got a car length on Earnhardt as they battle for second. So Rusty Wallace is now second over Dale Earnhardt, Terry Labonte, Tommy Kettle, and Michael Waltrip, third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth. Wallace will try to close in on Ricky Rudd through turn ten and, and run him down, but Dale Earnhardt not giving any ground. He closes back up on Rusty Wallace as they head for the hairpin. And they go into turn number 11, that hairpin, and the speeds drop down dramatically. You'll go all the way down to near 30 miles an hour before you step on the accelerator and begin building speed back towards the pit straight. Here comes Ricky Rudd across the line. He's got a 15-car length lead on Rusty Wallace. Updating you further on Adam Kowicki, they have changed all four tires now on that Hooters Ford. Kowicki back on the racetrack with fresh rubber all the way around, but he is a goodly distance behind. But one thing we need to remind you of, about is that a lap here at Sears Point takes about a minute and 41, a minute and 42 seconds under racing conditions. So even though you come in on an unscheduled stop and take on four tires, you lose a lot of real estate, but you do not lose the lead lap. And that's something important to remember. The lead car is working their way towards the carousel on Fred Armstrong. And the battle now is for third. Terry Labonte will peek to the inside of the Dale Earnhardt car, but Earnhardt snaps it right down to the bottom of the racetrack as they head down the hill. Labonte looks to the inside as they hit the drag strip. Meanwhile, Rusty Wallace has wasted no time trying to close that ground on Ricky Rudd. That 15-car length lead Rudd had half a lap ago is down to about four car lengths now. Make it three, make it two under breaking. Rusty Wallace is there to challenge Ricky Rudd. The battle for third, still a good one as Labonte works Earnhardt over. And Tommy Kendall's going to join and make that a three-car scramble for third. Meantime, Ricky Rudd and Rusty Wallace, how many times have we said this in NASCAR Winston Cup road racing the last few years? They've waved goodbye to Dale Earnhardt, and that's going to be a great battle for the lead. Earnhardt so with this mirror is full of Terry Labonte's Sunoco Oldsmobile for third. Front two cars separate themselves from the battle for the third position on back. That's where it's heating up. Earnhardt holds that spot. 
right now. Labonte will take a look to the inside, while Tommy Kendall will ride back in the fifth spot, now looking inside of Terry Labonte. And one of the hardest races on the speedway right now also is going on between ninth and tenth position. That will be Ernie Irvin and Lake Speed as they battle around this 11-turn course. Here's a leader across the line, puts another lap on the board, and Ricky Rudd looks back and closing in ever so slightly each turn around this circuit. Rusty Wallace is up to about three car lengths behind the leader. Still a good tight battle for third. Dale Earnhardt hangs onto that. They're up to turn three. Earnhardt looks down to the inside now to try to make a move. He's going to have to hold on to what he's got as he goes kind of wide coming off turn number two. Here's Terry Labonte diving underneath Earnhardt at the bottom of the hill in turn three. Earnhardt shuts him off. Labonte has to fall back in line in single file. Meanwhile, that battle back for the ninth spot, still a good one. Lake Speed trying everything he can to hold Ernie Irvin off. Irvin runs off the track here in turn three trying to get by. He'll make his move in turn four. Down to the inside goes Irvin, but Speed again holds him off. Side by side as they come down to the bottom of the hill, but it's going to be single file. And meanwhile, the battle for the lead heats up. Now Rusty Wallace looks to the inside of Ricky Rudd as they head to the drag strip. High gear up the straightaway now. This is a good spot for Wallace to try and make his move if he's got to. He'll stay single file this time as Rudd just a little bit quicker to the end of the straightaway. Now the scramble for third will go three wide. The body looks to the outside of Earnhardt. Tommy Kendall tries to pass them both. They'll have to shuffle it out single file, though, as they head through the corner. Rudd and Wallace, one and two. Still Dale Earnhardt in third, but Terry Labonte and Tommy Kendall, and now Michael Waltrip making it a four-car scramble for second. They're nose to tail through the S's. First left, then right, down the short straightaway. Back in seventh spot, Daryl Waltrip has opened up some running room now on Kenny Schrader, who lies eighth. Michael Waltrip is uh, starting to heat up a battle right behind Tommy Kendall as they come through turn 10. He'll look to the inside of Kendall as they head down the short street now. Those two Pontiacs go nose to tail as the leaders pull away. Good battles all around this 11-turn road course. The Lake Speed, Ernie Irvin battle continuing with Ernie finally getting around Lake Speed to take over ninth and 10th spot. Dale Earnhardt has lost contact with the front two automobiles. He is four and four tenth seconds back in third. Remember last year, Earnhardt qualified third and was running in the top five when his transmission broke. He lost nine laps in the pits and finished 34th, but seeing Dale among the top five is not unusual. Wallace has just grabbed the lead from Ricky Rudd as they came out of seven. Wallace with good position out of the corner, beats Rudd cleanly to the Goodyear Bridge. Wallace by two car lengths down the hill toward turn 10. That Still. wasn't the only piece of action on the lap, though, because Derek Cope and Jimmy Spencer just got together in turn 11. Yes, they did indeed. Derek Cope came into turn 11, looped the Purolator Chevrolet all the way around, put it sideways in the middle of the hairpin. On the binders was Jimmy Spencer. He got right into the side of Derek Cope. No major damage. Both cars got out of traffic, came through the drag strip staging area that separates turn 11 from the front straightaway, and got back underway just moments ago. Derek Cope was running 26. Jimmy Spencer was running 28th at the time of the incident. But a brand new leader in the back of 300 as they sweep up the hill. Ricky Rudd finds himself now back in second place. Still, the battle for third is about a close one on the racetrack. Earnhardt hangs on to that. Terry Labonte rides fourth. And fifth is Tommy Kendall and Michael Walker trying to tighten up and get a piece of that action up in turn three. Walter rides in the fifth position now trying to close it on Tommy Kendall. He was there a couple of laps ago, but now is dropping back a little bit. The driver who's really moving up is back in the seventh spot. That's Ernie Irvin. We told you earlier he got by Lake Speed. Has also since passed the Mark Martin car and Kenny Schrader. And Ernie Irvin now is closing in on Darrell Waltrip as they head to turn four. Down to the bottom of the hill. They're single file as they hit turn number five. They'll come off the corner and head to turn number six. Urban peaks to the inside. No room to make the move, so they'll stay single file through the corner. Now they'll set up for the carousel turn. Hard down to the bottom of the racetrack. Daryl Walter will defend the spot. Ernie Urban nose to tail with him as they come off the 
corner and onto the drag strip. It's the racing from seventh position on back and a big group of cars all racing tightly together at this point. It's Waltrip, then Irvin in eighth. Mark Martin is ninth. Then we'll drop about ten car lengths back to Ken Schrader in tenth. Lake Speed is battling Davey Allison for the eleventh spot side by side as they come through the hairpin. Speed will get that position as they head downhill. And the battle for seventh again. A good one as Ernie Irvin filling Darrell Waltrip's mirrors under the Goodyear Bridge. Here's Mark Martin on the move in ninth. Martin closing in on Ernie Irvin as they start down the hill. Kenny Schrader is 10th, then Lake Speed, Davey Allison, and Jeff Bodine. Single file under the Winston Cup Bridge. Darrell Waldrick will still have the line as they hit for turn 10, but taking a quick look to the inside will be Ernie Irvin. Now he goes way high, drops the left side off into the dirt, ducks down low, and takes the spot from Waldrick as they head to the hairpin. Under heartbreaking, Ernie Irvin makes the move to the inside of Darrell Waltrip, bypassing the Western Auto Chevrolet. Mark Martin tried to do the same, but couldn't. But it's still amazing here as we marvel at the lines being taken by Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd. Wallace leads the event. He is just slinging his car through the turns. Ricky Rudd is smooth as glass. And I asked Rusty the other day, what about that old myth of the harder you drive, the slower you go? I don't know where that came from. I mean, I, th I think that was something that one guy said a long time ago, then that the rest of everybody was reporting kind of chimed in because that's, that's not at all the way it works for me. I mean, the harder I drive, the faster I go. I don't seem to get behind unless if I drive harder and I get, you know, in a corner too deep or something like that and slide off. But uh, now there's some drivers that seem like they get the job done in a much smoother way of doing things. Ricky Rudd's a real smooth race driver, and he runs fast also. Uh, I seem like the harder I can get up on the steering wheel and the harder I can drive in a corner, the faster I can go. So that's what I try to do. And uh, once I get the race going, once I get through practice and qualifying and all that mess, get into the race, that's the part I really enjoy. And Rusty's pulling away now. Of course, he led 42 of the 74 laps here a year ago, so the style works. It really is so different, such a contrast between the two. But as you said, either one of them can get around this road course extremely well. An unscheduled pit stop a moment ago for Morgan Shepard. Let's get a report. Well, they changed tires on him, but bad news for Morgan Shepard. When he left, there was a big puddle of oil left in his pit stall. Uh, it's coming, it looked like, from the back of his engine. So it, uh, it's going to be trouble for Morgan Shepard. They're going to have to bring him back in as the NASCAR officials. They said, bring him back in the pits the next time by. Not a good day for Morgan Shepard. Remember, he was running up in the top three or four here last year and had something break in the engine in that car with just about four laps to go. He had a good shot to win it. So Morgan Shepard will be back in the pits here in just a moment. Meanwhile, on the course right now, as they continue to swing around, it is still Rusty Wallace in front. Riding second is Ricky Rudd. Dale Earnhardt is third. Terry Labonte is fourth. Tommy Kendall hangs in there in fifth position. Michael Waltrip is up to sixth. Seventh right now is Ernie Irvin. The eighth position belongs to Darrell Waltrip. In ninth is Mark Martin and Kenny Schrader round out the top ten as they head down to turn six. Rusty Wallace will come down to the bottom of the hill. He'll maintain about five car lengths on the Ricky Rudd machine. Wallace, as he comes into turn number six, is not afraid to put the left tire right down almost onto the grass, and that's what got him the lead. As he came out of turn number six, he had a low enough line. Rudd swung to the outside of the racetrack, and he was able to get side-by-side side with him down the drag strip where they head right now. As Rudd uh, tries to chase down Wallace, who has a huge lead right now, there at the end of the drag strip, the third place car of Dale Earnhardt just coming onto this straightaway. That's about a half mile lead the front two have now on the third place car as they accelerate down the hill. Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd make it under the Goodyear Bridge. There's been a change of position for fourth. Tommy Kendall has nipped under Terry Labonte to take fourth spot. But Rusty Wallace setting sail right now in the Miller Pontiac. He's long gone over Rudd. Earnhardt tossing the number three hard through the S's to try to get some of that ground back without much luck. 
stringing it out now. Rusty Wallace coming through the turn 10 has about a two-second advantage over Ricky Rudd as they head for the hairpin, and that's the spot where Tommy Kendall took over the fourth spot. He sneaks right underneath Terry Labonte as they headed into that tight right-hander here in turn 11. Michael Waltrip just throwing his car through that corner. Meanwhile, Morgan Shepard has taken the Motocraft Ford to the garage area. Word is that the transmission is coming out of that machine. The Jericho transmission has basically been the transmission of choice for Winston Cup drivers on the road course. But how about for fellows who drive road courses for a living, like a Jeff Brabham or Tommy Kendall, who's making the move to Winston Cup this weekend? Is the Jericho transmission as big in IMSA as it is now in Winston Cup, Tommy? We don't use the Jericho per se, but we use basically the same type of gearbox. A gearbox that anyway, you don't need to use the clutch, a, uh, basically a dog ring type gearbox uh, that allows you to shift quicker and you don't have to use the clutch on upshifts or downshifts. And it's, people say, well, isn't it still better to use the clutch? On these type of gearbox, it actually doesn't make a difference. And it's Trouble more critical that you match the rev proper, revs properly, not using the clutch or not. There are plenty of guys who don't use the clutch who are much easier on the gearboxes than guys who do. Trouble over in turn 10. Derek Cope coming through, dropping the left side of the car off on the track, which is usually the quickest way through this corner, right up on the edge. Got out of shape into the tires and outside retaining wall. Bounced up into the air on the right-hand side. Didn't almost went over. Backed out on the wheels, but tore all the front end off the car. There's no grill or nose cone left on the front of the Pure Later Chevrolet. He did get away with a lot of smoke boiling from behind him and has ducked into the pits. That is one of the fastest parts of the course here at Sears Point, and Derek Cope has put us under the second yellow flag of the day. It'll come out at lap 15, and that will be a welcome deal for some of the drivers. I'm sure we'll see some pit stops coming up here in just a moment. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with his own nicotine pouches. Shepard has taken the car to the garage area. Jim Phillips? Well, he's crawling out of the motorcraft board. Morgan, what's the problem? Well, it looks like the seals come out of the transmission. We had transmission problems yesterday. Same thing was wrong. We had a oil leak, and uh, they put nothing in. It looks like the uh, same thing has happened to our motorcraft uh, igloo Thunderbird. Are you going to get back in the race? They're going to put another transmission in it. That's Morgan Shepard. Morgan Shepard will try to get back out there and finish as high as he can to get as many Winston Cup points as possible. The last two races here, they have had more than their share of trouble. To Rusty Wallace's pit. Well, it, <laughs> kind of a melee down here the way the cars are, but it's four tires and uh, fuel for all the cars. Tommy Kendall was in, Rusty Wallace, Mark Martin, Terry Labonte, Ricky Rudd, Kenny Schrader, uh, Michael Walter, Lake Speed came in, Joe Rutman. They, uh, just putting in four tires, putting in all the fuel they can get, let them back on the racetrack. Jim Phillips. Congestion also on this end of pit road is Dale Earnhardt, Ernie Irvin, Davey Allison, Jeff Bodine, Irv Hare, Jeff, uh, excuse me, Dale Jarrett, Hutt Strickland, Harry Gant, uh, Sterling Marlin was in, Bill Elliott, Rick Wilson, all these cars getting a full tank of fuel and four Goodyear tires. Well, indication is one more lap and they will go back to green just about the entire field except with the exception of about three cars, did elect to come onto pit road. And this is how they came off pit road. Rusty Wallace was first out of the pits. Ricky Rudd came out right behind him. Dale Earnhardt came off pit road 
and the third at that juncture. Tommy Kendall had the fourth best pit stop. Michael Waltrip came out in fifth, and sixth would have been Terry Labonte. Now, John Krebs is the leader simply by the fact that he elected to stay on the course here and has not been into the pits as of yet. Jimmy Spencer is also on the racetrack in second. Now, he did pit back on lap number six, but did not lose a lap at that time. So he is in second spot. The third car in line is a lap down. That is the uh, Scott Gaylord machine in his very first Winston Cup start. He was eighth in Winston West points back in 1988. Now 13th in the Winston West. He is driving an Oldsmobile built by uh, the Hutcherson Pagan Shops, and he is being posted two laps down. So of the cars that did not pit. The leader is John Krebs. Second is Jimmy Spencer. The other cars on the track that are no longer on the lead lap include the Scott Gaylord car, who's two laps down, and Robert Sprague, who is one lap down. Everybody else remains on the lead lap, and that's not unusual here on a road course. It takes a long, long while to lap a man here. Yeah, about a minute and a half to get around here, or actually about a minute and 40 seconds or a minute and 41, so you would really have to have a major problem, as Mark Mart said the other day. One of the news uh, media here was asking him said it must be awfully hard to make up a lap if you get a lap down and he said well it is but it's awfully hard to get a lap down he said if you get a lap down on a road course you really have had a major problem so for the most part this race is going pretty much as we expected it to barney we've caught up with uh, derek cope derek a lot of damage to your chevrolet what happened well uh we just uh, lost the car off turn 10 over there we uh car had been sliding around uh quite a bit you know i can't get through the short sections very well and i come around turn 10 the car just slid right off the racetrack and you know off in the tires, the tires grab the car and spin it around. Is there any way you get it back in the race? Well, the guys are working real hard uh, to get the pure letter Chevrolet back in there. Uh, it looks like if we don't have too much motor damage uh, and get the front end uh, tied back around, we'll be in good shape get back out there. That's Derek Cope. And as they say that, the green flag flies, and Rusty Wallace will try to go after the lead immediately as he swings into that hard left turn number two and heads up the hill. Ricky Rudd scrambling up there in some of that traffic also as they head up to turn three. Wallace dives down low trying to bypass the car coming down the hill. One of the lap machines, that car of Scott Gaylord, he'll hold the inside line. Wallace is able to get by. Now Ricky Rudd comes down to the inside. The right side of the car comes up in the air as he hits the curbing on the inside of the racetrack. Rudd is able to get by. Gaylord goes wide, so now Earnhardt dives to the inside. Also the Tommy Kendall car clearing that lap machine. Rusty Wallace will maintain about four car lengths on the rest of the field. Everybody else getting by some of that traffic now as Wallace will open it up to about five car lengths. Ricky Rudd is second, Dale Earnhardt third, and now the battle will be for third as Tommy Kendall looks to the inside of Dale Earnhardt. As they flash out onto the straightaway, Kendall has to fall back in line. Single file on Earnhardt. The Chevrolet coming strong up the hill. Now one car off the racetrack just slightly. That's the Gaylord car. Drops the right side. Wheels off. Kicks up a big cloud of dust. Everyone through okay, though. Running single file with Wallace leading down the hill. Meantime, Tommy Kendall and his mellow yellow Pontiac try to track down Dale Earnhardt right ahead of him as they battle those to tail for third. Michael Waltrip is fifth and Terry Labonte sixth. Michael Waltrip almost out of shape out of turn eight as he really dogs Kendall Hard. Earnhardt still in command of third spot right behind Wallace and Rudd. The leaders bring it under the Winston Cup bridge out of turn number 10. Ricky Rudd right behind Rusty Wallace by about four car lengths. It's another six car lengths back to Dale Earnhardt, then Tommy Kendall, Michael Waltrip, and Terry Labonte. Tommy Kendall hard under the brakes in a turn number 11, all the way down to about 31, 32 miles an hour. And quickly he accelerates, and the RPMs begin to climb again as he continues his challenge of Dale Earnhardt. But meanwhile, at the head of the field, Rusty Wallace pulling away by about a dozen car lanes now on Ricky Rudd. They climb uphill and make that right and left-hander towards turn numbers two and three. Rusty Wallace showing the way. Ricky Rudd trying to close the gap, but not being very successful at it. Looks like Wallace may be starting to get away from him. Meanwhile, the third place 
battle again good. And Tommy Kendall looks to the inside of Earnhardt quickly, though. Kendall gets back in line in single file. Downhill to turn number four. Again, Kendall peaks there. No chance to make the move, so he follows Earnhardt to turn five. The battle for third remains single file as it comes off the corner. The front two beginning to skitter away now as they head to turn number six. Again, Kendall down to the bottom of the racetrack, but Dale Earnhardt will take his left tire right down to the inside line. So Kendall snaps back in line, and they'll come single file off turn six. Earnhardt strong on the straightaways where the horsepower comes in. Looks like Kendall's getting through the corners a bit better than Earnhardt is, though, and that's where he's going to try and make his move. At the end of the drag strip, the hard right-hander, Kendall, goes to the outside of Earnhardt. The two black cars running side-by-side. Side, a dead heat off the corner of the battle for third. Dale Earnhardt taking Tommy Kendall to school, but Kendall shows Earnhardt a lesson as he makes the pass coming out of turn seven. So Tommy Kendall is up to third now. Earnhardt is fourth. Michael Waltrip fifth. Terry Labonte was all over Michael a moment ago, but now he's fallen back a little in six as they head to the Winston Cup Bridge. Six cars running nose to tail as they try to trick down the leaders through turn ten. They're headed up by Tommy Kendall, Dale Earnhardt, then Michael Waltrip, Terry Labonte, Ernie Irvin, followed by Mark Martin. Those cars trying to trick down the leaders about six car lengths ahead of them. 18 laps are complete in the banquet 300 here at Sears Point. Jimmy Spencer has a lot of smoke now from behind the Mr. Peanut machine out of the Travis Carter shops. He'll be heading towards turns number 10 and 11, and we'll wait and see whether he elects to make a pit stop here. No, he does not. Spencer will stay on the racetrack, but he does have a good bit of smoke from behind that car, not unlike what we saw from Hutt Strickland's car moments ago, and Hutt has taken the Rebestus Brakes Buick to the garage. Jim Phillips? Up we're rolling toward the garage area. What's wrong? Well, Jim, I run off the racetrack up there trying to pass Chad Little, and uh, I must have hit a rut or something and uh, scraped a hole in the bottom of the oil pan. You know, it's an unfortunate deal, but all the guys really worked hard for me all week, and, you know, we're struggling out there a little bit, but, uh, you know, we'll, I think we'll get the thing fixed, and hopefully we'll get the Raybestos Tic Tac Buick out, back out there. That's Hutt Strickland hoping to get back in the race this afternoon. Here at Sears Point International Raceway, caution is on the speedway. It will be the third one this afternoon. Apparently a lot of oil put down by Jimmy Spencer's automobile, and that is the reason we're being given for the caution. Quite a strip of oil almost all the way around the racetrack. Yeah, it's just about all the way around this two-and-a-half-mile road course. So uh, Jimmy Spencer with oil from behind the Mr. Peanut machine bringing out this third caution of the day. Again, if you're new to road racing, and of course Winston Cup cars come to the road course just twice a year, uh, we do see full course cars as we have seen three times already today. But we also at times will see cautions in just one particular portion of the racetrack should that problem eventuate. So we'll keep you abreast of that as our day continues. Right now we are 22 laps complete of 74. So we're just about 15 laps shy of halfway. And this is a right guard halfway challenge race. We'll remind you again that if you'd like to participate, it's very simple because $10,000 goes to the driver leading at halfway. And one of you folks listening at home could win a new Pontiac Grand Prix SE. To enter the contest, call 1-900-226-6600, and you must call before the halfway lap. And later today, one entry will be drawn at random and called at home. And if you're called back and can name the driver who took the right guard bonus, you'll win a new Pontiac Grand Prix. Now, the call does cost 95 cents, but there is no purchase necessary. You must be at least 18 years of age to play. Void where prohibited by law. Again, the number to call, 1-900. 226-6600. We are now just 14 laps shy of the right guard halfway point today. Eli, Jimmy Spencer's brought his Chevrolet in. A lot of smoke, Jimmy. What's the problem? Uh, something happened in the transmission. You know, we were just sort of riding around out there, taking our time. We really had a good race car today. You know, I'll tell you, the banquet planner is not Chevrolet. 
I, I really feel we had a top 10, and uh, something happened to the transmission, you know, but uh, we'll get him next week at Pocono. That's Jimmy Spencer. He's behind the wall. Jimmy Spencer really gets keyed up when he gets he in a does. race car. We go down and talk to Travis Carter, his crew chief, a lot, and he says, uh, Jimmy always tells me he's going to take it easy, but he said when they drop that green flag, boy, he just goes digging out there. And he, he is a real emotional race driver, but he's adapted to road racing pretty well. He did have some good lap times yesterday afternoon in that final practice session. Even on tires that had as much as 10 and 20 laps on them, uh, he was running pretty much with Earnhardt and some of the quicker cars. So he's adapted to road racing not too bad. And Yes. Barney, I'm standing here with Waddell Wilson, uh, crew chief for Ricky Rudd. Waddell, you're going to have to hurry up a bit. You got any plans? Well, you know, Ricky's running with uh, Rusty right now, and uh, he feels like he might have a little more, but, you know, Rusty may have too. But, uh, you know, he says the car's doing what he's wanting it to do, and everything's going as planned. You know, we're still discussing whether to change the stagger around a little or the air pressure to try to hopefully make it a little better. We made a little bit of adjustment this time and just see how it goes. How do you do that when you got uh, 11 corners you got to work on all at one time? Well, you can do that with the tire pressure mainly. You know, it's not like working on an oval track, that's for sure. You know, you've got to think different when you run a road course. I uh, say so you sure do. You got 11 things you got to work with at one time. You get it working going into one corner and it goes all the pieces going off another one. So, uh, big decisions got to be made. And the hood has just gone up on Dale Earnhardt's good red Chevrolet. He was showing some smoke from behind the car as he made an unscheduled pit stop. Let's cover work in the good wrench pit. Like you said, Eli, the hood is up on his good wrench Chevrolet. They're looking at the left side of the engine compartment. And now they move around working on the right side, so really can't tell exactly where the oil is coming from. And we'll check it out and get back with you. So while that crew feverishly works, the cars on the racetrack get the one-to-go signal. So next time by, we'll be going racing. Jimmy Spencer mentioned that hopefully next week things will go better for him in his home state of Pennsylvania. We'll be at the Pocono International Raceway next weekend for the Champion Spark Plug 500. And MRN will be on the air at 12 noon Eastern time next Sunday afternoon. Actually, our weekend of coverage from Pocono begins Friday with the Bush Pole Show beginning at 3.20 Eastern time. Time. Then Saturday, we will have a pit road preview for you at 4.30 Eastern time. Also on Saturday, the ARCA Permatech Series is in action. They run the Champion Batteries 150. And then next Sunday, the Champion Spark Plug 500. Again, our broadcast at 12 noon Eastern time. I know the Mattioli family would love to have you come on by and join us all. Tickets do remain, and the ticket office is open now at the Pocono International Raceway. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Let's see if we can get a word from Pit Road. With Richard Childers, the car owner for Dale Earnhardt. Richard, you brought him in. What's the problem? We got Kirk talked to him. Uh, we're just, you know, we got something blowing out, oil out on the front. We hadn't figured out what it is right now. Do you think you can get it stopped? We're not sure. That's Richard Childers, car owner for Dale Earnhardt, as he still has oil. 
And you can tell they're a little bit anxious about Earnhardt's car because he needs a good finish here if he can. Remember, he's leading the Winston Cup points, and that has changed a couple of times when we've been here in past years. The indication now is there are still a few places of oil on this racetrack, so they will make at least one more lap as they try to dry up all that oil before they put them back under green. Let's check in with Jim Phillips. John Krebs has his Pontiac behind the wall. John, what's the problem? Uh, we had an alternator or battery problem right now. The uh, ignition went dead, so we're, we're changing the battery. Hope to get back out in a little bit. That's John Krebs. Hope he can get his Pontiac back in the race this afternoon. And after that pit stop a moment ago for Dale Earnhardt, they're posting him back in about 24th position, so Dale has got a lot of work cut out to get back to the front of the pack. Later on in the broadcast today, the folks from Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR, will select the mechanic of the race. And uh, the top mechanic today receives $1,000 from Western Auto. Andy Petrie still leads that competition. He's the crew chief for Harry Gant's Skull Bandit. Kirk Shelmerdine is the crew chief for Dale Earnhardt. And he is now in second spot. And Kirk is going back to work uh, before much longer because Earnhardt running now in 34th spot. He's already dropped 10 more positions before he was able to get out of pit road and back in line is back on the pit lane again. Jim Phillips is at the back of that car looking on. And the hood goes up again on the Goodwin Chevrolet and they work on that engine compartment on both sides as a matter of fact trying to search down the oil leak. Bill Elliott has brought his Coors Light Ford in. They're putting on four tires in his car and filling it up with gasoline and he should be back on the speedway. Dick Brooks. Well Derek Cope uh, pulls back on the racetrack. I'm in uh, Rusty Wallace's pit with Jimmy Maycar. Jimmy, uh, seems like things are going pretty good. Uh, they said that Rudd might have a little bit of extra, but they don't know for sure what to do about it. You guys feeling pretty comfortable? <laughs> yeah, right now we're in pretty good shape. Uh, the only thing we're a little bit worried about is we still got our little our miss on the high-speed left-hand turns that we haven't been able to get rid of, but it uh, doesn't seem to be affecting the car that much. So uh, right now we're where we want to be. We're up front where we can take care of the car and the tires and just see how the race develops. It sure looks like they're doing good. It, uh, you can get a miss, like we said a while ago. They got a little bit of a, a problem with one turn. You work it out, and the other problem, and the other, you know, it pops up someplace else. So, a little bit of a miss in one turn might not hurt that much. Sears Point International Raceway in Sonoma, California. MRN Radio is with you. Live coverage of the Banquet 300 as we get set to go back to green here shortly. Early in the day, it was Ricky Rudd leading in basically uncontested fashion. But then Rusty Wallace turned up the heat just a bit and has taken over the lead here in the Banquet 300. Dale Earnhardt has been on and off pit road of late. He has been shown back in 34th position on the lead lap. Derek Cope, who was involved in a caution flag on lap number 15 is now being shown nine laps down back on the racetrack after repairs in the garage area RK Smith because of engine failure Morgan Shepard has lost the transmission Derek Cope is back on the track Hutch Strickland with an oil pan problem in the garage trouble on the restart Ernie Irvin got tagged traffic bunched up Michael Walker came out of the throttle got shoved out of position a little bit and Ernie Irvin looped the car all the way around and may have hit the inside wall we will remain under green as Irvin gets the car under power for just a second as they head up the hill to three. Rusty Wallace leads the way. Ricky Rudd, though, is there. Tommy Kendall right behind him. Got about three car lengths back. Michael Waltrip sitting in the fourth position. In fifth is Darrell Waltrip. In sixth is Terry Levani. Battle for the second spot. Kendall looks to the inside, and Ricky Rudd is ahead for five. Side by side as they head down the hill, they'll set up for five, and Ricky Rudd will get there first as Tommy Kendall drops back in line. But now Kendall peeks to the inside in turn number six. Again, Rudd will defend. 
defend the spot. So it's single file off turn six and down to the drag strip. Onto the straightaway heading up to the backside of Sears Point. Single file running all the way back through the front ten cars. Now on the straightaway into the left hand kink. It's Rusty Wallace. Give him about four car lengths over Ricky Rudd. Wallace swings wide on the entrance to the corner. Rudd goes right down to the bottom. Thought for just a minute to take a look inside of Wallace, but Rusty is strong on the accelerator and holds the lead. Wallace still out in front. Rudd and Kendall try to track him down. Darrell Waltrip advances to fifth. Little brother Michael up front and fourth as they hit the S's. Terry Labonte is sixth. On the move, Jeff Bodine and Kenny Schrader as they duke it out for seventh. Your leader is Rusty Wallace under the Winston Cup bridge. Under the bridge and into turn ten, they remain single file as they come to the short shoot right behind Wallace is Ricky Rudd taking a quick look to the inside. Another two car lengths back. It's Tommy Kendall. They head for the hairpin. Ernie Irvin taking that scary ride. He missed that inside wall by just about a foot or so and will be able to continue on around the course, but he has dropped from sixth position on that restart back to 21st, so he's got a lot of catching up to do. Wallace is a leader. Rudd about six car lengths behind him is second. Third is Tommy Kendall having a great day here. Michael Waltrip's car, who almost stopped on that restart, has now worked his way back up to fourth. The battle's going to be from fifth place on back. Currently, Terry Labonte's trying to hold on to it. Darrell Waltrip and a couple of other cars trying to take it away up at the top of the hill. Waltrip bears down on Labonte while he's doing that. He's got to worry because on his flank is Jeff Bodine bearing down on the Western Auto Chevrolet. They'll settle it down. Single file here coming through turn number three. Labonte holds on to the fourth position. Back in fifth is Waltrip. Sixth is Jeff Bodine. Seventh is Kenny Schrader. Everybody single file as they come off the corner. And again, Tom Kendall looks for that second spot. Ricky Rudd again down to the bottom of the racetrack, but Kendall only about a half a car length behind. They'll wind down the hill, the left-hand turn, and onto the drag strip. Good battle back for the ninth and tenth positions now as Davey Allison works on Ken Schrader trying to get a spot away. Allison will get that spot. Schrader will fall back one. Schrader will go to 11th. Now Schrader will get a challenge on the outside as they come to the entrance of the hairpin from Mark Martin, and Martin will make that move, so put Martin up into the top ten. Martin's been on the move, as has Davey Allison. Rusty Wallace is still your leader over Rudd, Kendall, Michael Waltrip. Terry Labonte now back to fifth. Daryl is sixth. Jeff Bodine on the move in seventh. Then you have Davey Allison, Mark Martin, Kenny Schrader, Joe Rudman showing in the top ten for the first time today. Front three cars start to pull away just a little bit from the rest of the field. It will still be Rusty Wallace up in the front, right behind him. Ricky Rudd will take a quick look to the outside down the short shoot out of turn ten. He'll get on the binders for turn 11. The hairpin, Tommy Kendall is third, and Michael Waltrip rides fourth. A high-speed conga line heading towards turn number 11. Looking to the outside of the 10th place runner, Joe Rutman is 11th place, Dale Jarrett. He couldn't make the move, but one man who is on the move is Ricky Rudd. Whether that high-speed miss in the engine that Jimmy Maycar was talking about earlier might now become a factor. We'll wait and see, but Rudd is closing in on Rusty Wallace working towards turn three. Rudd shutting down the distance. He's also got to still continue to worry about Tom Kendall because he's closing in on Ricky Rudd from the third spot. Single file this time. Uphill as they go into turn number three. Kendall peeks down low on Ricky Rudd. Rudd's not able to close in that much on Rusty Wallace at this portion of the racetrack. About a five-car length separation now from leader Rusty Wallace to second place Ricky Rudd. Down the hill, still single file, and again, Kendall will take a look to the inside as they go through the right-hander. Now they'll set up for the downhill 180 degree left-hand carousel turn. And again, Kendall peeks down to the inside, but Rudd will defend the spot as they come off the corner. And now that we're back, green flag racing for a couple of laps. Things beginning to string out just just a little bit among the Trouble in turn now. number six. Chad Little spins to the inside of the racetrack. A lot of traffic behind. Everybody gets by, but Little was literally covering the entire uh, width of the racetrack down here. Everybody had to get on the binders. Now Little's car gets underway again, but it was a hairy moment as he spun from the inside of turn six all the way across the track. No contact. An amazing job of driving. 
Meanwhile, the leader is just heading down to turn number 11, Rusty Wallace, about 15, 20 car lengths, making about a second really ahead of Ricky And Rudd. trouble up in turn number seven. Chad Little comes back, crashes into the side of Mike Chase, and now the car spins off the racetrack into the dirt. So Chad Little with an event, a very eventful lap here as he works his way off the track. That synchronized spin with Mike Chase, the Winston West Point leader, as he has won both of the Winston West races so far. Now Little has spun towards one side of the racetrack. He was under heavy braking, and the rear end just came around on him. And Mike Chase said, excuse me, but I'm getting out of the way. And he looped his car just a bit into the dirt and drove away. But we remain under green, again, only in the area of the incident does the caution flag fly so we remain under green the race leader on lap number 28 here at Sears Point is Rusty Wallace Ernie Irvin is in trouble again the car has looped around on him as he is sitting out in the middle of the turn we'll get it turned around and they're just putting the yellow flag out in that area for Ernie Irvin so boy he's had more than his share of problems let's go to his pit right now and see if we can find out what happened a moment ago Tony Glover's crew chief sitting on the wall and he steps off the wall right now. Ernie just radioed in that he's off the course, so they're waiting on him. Chad Little brought his car in. He had a right rear tire down on his pit and a lot of battle scars. But they're still jacking on the right side and working on the right front tire of the Chad Little machine. So Ernie Irvin, who has looped his car twice here this afternoon, will probably be on pit road here in just a moment. Back with you at Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma, California. With Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. The entire MRN crew is here with us. We mean that certainly because every announcer on our rolls has joined us here in Northern California this weekend for our live coverage of the Banquet 300. Rusty Wallace leads. Ricky Rudd is second. Tommy Kendall runs third. Michael Waltrip with a strong run. He is in fourth. The lead is one and four-tenth seconds now. Fifth place belongs to Terry Labonte as we work in the mid-stages of this banquet 300 74 laps in total 37 is halfway the lead cars are now working on lap number 30 and it has been a certainly an eventful afternoon many of these teams are having their hands full Huck Strickland has just returned to the racetrack he has now nine laps down and we talked about Ernie Irvin before he found himself in a uh, tough position in and around Brett Bodine and Herschel McGriff and uh, really Ernie just kind of went around maybe juiced the car a little bit too much it was tough to tell Boy, it's so easy just to get touched into one of those corners as hard as you've got the car hung out and the way they get through there. If you get tapped just a little bit, the car will turn around. Ernie told us yesterday that he had a lot of folks from his hometown of Modesto. He said, we have a whole bank full of people over there tomorrow. And he said, I hope I don't try to impress them too much. And maybe he did that. At any rate, he's had spun the car a couple of times here today, but it's still back on the course right now and running fairly well. The leader is Rusty Wallace. Second is Ricky Rudd. The interval, just about a second. Tommy Kendall continues to run extremely strong here this afternoon. He is in third place. Now he is filling in for Kyle Petty, who is still on the mend from that broken leg from Talladega several weeks ago. Michael Waltrip having a great run. He is up in fourth place. Fifth right now is Terry Labonte. He continues to hang in there also. And Jeff Bodine, I don't think that's a big surprise. You talked to Bodine and I did too. And I said, would a top 10 finish make you happy? And he said, hey man, we came to win. And right now they're working their way to the front of the pack. Probably the only man on the circuit too who wouldn't mind getting kissed by his car owner in Victory Lane. He's driving a car owned on paper by Floss 
Chelsea Johnson. We all know the story of what has happened earlier this year. Jimmy Spencer is back on the racetrack after a change in transmission. He lost eight laps during the repairs by the Travis Carter crew. Meanwhile, the top cars begin to tighten it up just a little bit in front of Joel Moore up in turns two, three, four, and five. Just coming off turn number three, Rusty Wallace still maintaining about a 10-car length lead on Ricky Rudd, but it does look like Rudd is beginning to close in. Tom Kendall was wide up on Rudd's bumper a couple of laps ago, but Kendall ran off the course here in turn number two on the last lap and had to fight to get the car back up, so he lost a little bit of ground trying to close in on Rudd. Down the hill, Mike Walter back in the fourth position, and right behind now is Terry Labonte. A good battle developing there for the fifth spot. Mark Martin has gotten around Jeff Bodine. Now he works on Labonte as they head down the hill, left-hand turn number six, and onto the straightaway. While leader Rusty Wallace moves up to put a lap on Hutch Strickland in turn number seven. Those cars in that battle are now coming to the end of the straightaway. Martin flashes to the outside, blows Labonte right by. No challenge for that position. Move Mark Martin another spot closer to the front. Martin in fifth. We've had our eyes on him the last several laps. He and Jeff Bodine have really had the whip out. Now Martin setting sail by Labonte up into fifth. He's going to try to track down Michael Waltrip directly ahead, running fourth. Jeff Bodine, though, sticking right in there. He's going to be the next driver to challenge Labonte as the leaders work under the Winston Cup bridge. Leaders out of the turn set now encountering some lap traffic of Hunt Strickland. He'll get out of the way as he heads for pit lane. And Rusty Wallace will take the Miller Pontiac right to the hairpin. Six car lengths back. It's Ricky Rudd in second. They're bringing Hutch Strickland back onto pit road while Richard Petty is still on the pit lane. The man who has five career road course wins all at Riverside Raceway in, in uh, Southern California. He is on the pit lane for an extended stay. We've also been watching Darrell Waltrip over the last number of laps. He has been backpedaling. He was being shown first and 10th spot, then 12th spot, now 15th spot. Let's see if there's a problem uh, developing in the uh, Darrell Waltrip pit area, fellas. We're in the Darrell Walter pit with Jeff Hammond. Jeff, you've been falling back a little bit. What's the problem? We have a little problem right now. Some of the fuel in the fuel system uh, is not picking up very well. Or we've got a pump going bad or something. Right now the motor's missing and we're showing it on the fuel pressure gauge. You know, we haven't had any problems all week long, so it's kind of surprised us. So we're hoping we get a caution flag, get a chance to come in here and work on it. We're going to bypass a filter or two and see whether or not that has any effect on what we're doing. That's Darrell Walter crew chief Jeff Hammond. Trouble then, in turn 10. Mike Chase, the Winston West driver, loops it around coming out of the 10th uh, turn, loops it around facing the wrong way on the racetrack and can't get his automobile refired. All of the traffic had gotten by him. The leaders are on the other part of the race course, and the yellow flag flies at the entrance of turn 10. That's a critical corner going. Uh, it's one of the... That we were talking about a moment ago, they're down to what, about, uh, about 35 miles, miles an hour, hour in there. Right. If you miss a shift or anything happens going off into that corner, you can really be in some serious trouble. We have trouble in turn seven. Alan Kowicki and Sterling Marlin get together. Marlin spins off the course into the dust, now gets the car fired and rejoins the race, but contact while Kowicki and Sterling Marlin were racing for position. And if you're going to make contact and go off the course, that's probably the only place here at Sears Point where you can do so with some degree of safety. That's the only portion of the track kind of resembled the old Riverside course where when you went off the racetrack, you had half of the desert to uh, try and get yourself back under control. Otherwise, here you'll find a wall around you or a dirt berm, and certainly at Watkins Glen, there's no forgiving spot at all. You've got uh, those powder blue guardrails all along the racetrack. So Sterling, with a sixth at Sears Point last year and a 15th at Watkins Glen a year ago, had a bit of a close call up there in the corner. 
Sterling is back on the course and apparently will come back up to speed. One of the best battles on the racetrack is heading up to Joe Moore, and that'll be for 9th, 10th, and 11th involving Kenny Schrader, Joe Ruttman, and Dale Jarrett. Ruttman's working hard to get around Schrader, and of course he's got to worry about Dale Jarrett coming up on the outside. Single file this time as they come into turn three, but headed to turn four. Ruttman looks to the inside of Schrader. Schrader sees him, comes up, slams the door on him, so again it's single file going to turn five. Coming through the corner, they'll make the right-hander, and again Ruttman will peek down low, but his car drifts out wide on the banking. Now he'll try the outside in turn number six. Thinks better of it. He'll snap back in line. Dale Jarrett is looming behind as they head down the hill and onto the drag strip. Rutman, a very accomplished road racer from his days, building his Winston Cup career out here on the West Coast in the Winston West Series and so on. Right now, trying to find a way around Ken Schrader without losing a spot to Dale Jarrett. So as we continue here at Sears Point Raceway, we are closing in on the halfway point. We are under green flag racing. Darrell Walter, we told you, had been backpedaling, and you heard the explanation from Jeff Hammond, his crew chief. Darrell is now back in a 20th position, and Morgan Shepard has just returned. It took them 18 laps to make all of the changes to transmission and all on the Motorcraft Ford, but Morgan Shepard back on the racetrack, now 18 laps down. We'll be closing in on the halfway point here in just about another lap around this raceway, and Rusty Wallace on his way to picking up $10,000 bonus in the right guard halfway challenge in just a moment. So Wallace has had quite a day. He hasn't missed a beat, and neither has Ricky Rudd. I've been a little surprised that Ricky hasn't been able to run a little closer to him, but both drivers well aware that you need to save a little something for the end. That's the big story right here. We are just approaching halfway, and it'll be the halfway point next time by. So as Rusty Wallace takes the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac around the racetrack, let's pick him up on the course and route to what could be a $10,000 lap for him. Wallace about halfway through that lap now, working his way down the hill towards the S's. He'll be unchallenged under the Goodyear Bridge. There's a lap car, Scott Gaylord's machine separating Ricky Rudd from Rusty Wallace. Wallace makes the right-hand turn nine down the short hill now, heading to the Winston Cup Bridge. He's got a good 15, 18 car legs over Ricky Rudd. No problem for Rusty Wallace. He could just about coast to the halfway line from here. He brings it out of turn 10, nice and smooth, not hard driving like he was talking about earlier. He'll get on the binders, drop it to second gear as he heads for the hairpin. So as they work their way through turn 11, Rusty Wallace, had he been participating in the right guard halfway challenge, would be winning $10,000 at this juncture of the afternoon. But that, I don't believe, is one of the uh, programs with which his team participates. We will double check on that. But he does lead here at halfway. So those of you listening in at home, this doesn't affect you one way or the other because if someone calls you and says, who led at halfway, if you can say that it was the Pontiac, of Rusty Wallace, you will win a brand new Pontiac Grand Prix SE from the folks at Right Guard and the Right Guard Halfway Challenge. If the monies are not paid out to the driver here today, then they would roll over to the next event in which the Right Guard Halfway Challenge will take place. But uh, $10,000 or not, he's pulling away, and it's a good job so far for Rusty Wallace. He, he, he does have day. a... Eli, they do have the Right Guard sticker on, and uh, Jimmy Maycar again sitting here on the wall. You just got another ten grand. Well, that always going to come in handy, you know that. Uh, we're real happy about that. We're happy the right guard to put some money out halfway. Uh, right now, we're just trying to stay up in front of you know, the rest of these cars and stay out of trouble, and hopefully, you know, things will fall our way. Well, it sure is this, at this time. they got $10,000 in their pocket. Yeah, it looked like a moment ago Bill Elliott might have had some problem out on the course. Let's see if any of our... Uh, reporters out there saw anything happen to Elliott. Yeah, Barney was up here in turn two as he came to the top of the hill and tried to make the hard right-hander. The car just came right around on him. He hit the dirt here and picked up quite a bit of dust, got the car refired and drove along, but it lost several spots in the process. Rusty Wallace being reported to have led 24 of the 37 laps that are now complete 
in the banquet 300 here this afternoon. Let's go back to the pits. Extended pay, stay on pit road for Sterling Marlin. Mike Beam, what was the problem? Well, when Quickie spun him out up there, it broke the fitting off the brake caliper, you know, and so the fluid just run out, you know, so we're out of brakes, you know, just a tough day. Trouble up in turn 11 in the hairpin. Michael Waldron and Jeff Bodine battling as they hit for turn 11. Bodine gets into the side of Michael Waldron just a bit on the inside. Luke Waldron's around. Everybody gets underway and going, and no one gets involved. At the Tom. same time, Tommy Kendall will pit the Kyle Petty car. Let's cover that stuff. Well, they got down a few minutes ago, started getting the gas cans up, and the tires ready. They're going to change four tires on the car, trying to find out if uh, if they had a problem or if this was kind of a schedule stop. And uh, I don't think it's scheduled. They've got uh, the right side done. they got the left side on. they got the car full of fuel, and uh, Tommy Kendall will be down and away. Tommy Kendall has been no further back than about fifth all afternoon. He currently was running in third position when he made that pit stop. He is down and away, coming back up to speed on the course and making that hard left turn into turns one and two, and will swing on up the hill. Barney, we have caution in turn two. Another car has spun off the course here. It's Scott Gaylord. He came off the left side of the racetrack as he cleared the hill. The car still sits there. They're waving the caution at this particular portion of the course. Again, Gaylord is the fellow who is back running Winston West competition after laying out since 1988. Establishing again how well Tommy Kendall has been running today. Remember a couple of years ago at Watkins Glen, he was in a position to win the race when he got together with one of the Winston Cup regulars and found himself out of the race. Was also in a position to win here last year when he made a turn and found the racetrack blocked. And I told Tommy, realistically, you could have a couple of Winston Cup wins already. Yeah, you know, you try not to think about too much uh, of what's happened in the past. You know, I feel that, you know, we could have done better and probably won a couple of these races. But at the same time, uh, I had a lot of good things come out of just the success that we had. You know, this ride, I think, is a good example of that when they needed a driver in a top-line car. You know, I was the first guy they called. So, uh, you know, I don't have any sour grapes at all. You know, I think that'll make it that much uh, better when I finally win one. I'll really have, uh, you know, realized how much it means. Nice young man, Tommy Kendall. Let's go back to pit road. Well, I'm in the pits with Tommy Kendall's pits uh, with Gary Nelson. Gary, was that a scheduled stop or an unscheduled stop? Well, we've got a little bit of a fuel pickup problem. So we said we could go maybe 28 laps. But there was, uh, what we did was we just figured to the end of the race and we split it up evenly. We're going to stop one more time and we won't have any problem there. So uh, the yellow would come out now. It would help us. If not, uh, the other guys are going to pit in the next few laps. He likes the car running pretty well, though, right? He likes the car. It's running pretty well, huh? Yeah, he's really happy with it. It's a little bit on the tight side. He's really doing a heck of a job behind the wheel. So we're going to adjust. We adjust a little bit now. And the next stop will adjust one more, a little bit more to loosen it up. Maybe uh, we can get right up front. Well, when the car was sitting in the pits, they had the left side jacked up on it, and it spluttered like it was running out of fuel. So they may have a fuel pickup problem, and they may have done just right by bringing it in in the time they did. That little altercation up in turns 10 and 11 a moment ago between Michael Waltrip and Jeff Bodine. Didn't hurt either one of them really that much because Bodine is still being posted up in fourth place. Michael has dropped back to seventh. Well, Michael's in the pits right now, Barney, and they're working on the car. They've changed uh, right side tires, and now it's got the left side done. And uh, they're looking at the car underneath the car as it goes off a of pit row. Uh, Lake Speed's also in the pits. They've uh, changed four tires on his car to put some fuel in it, but uh, they're holding him up. He uh, did something wrong. I don't know what it is, but he's sitting in the pits and they're holding him a bit. 
Rusty Wallace continues to lead here this afternoon in the back with 300. Right now he has about the same separation he's had most of the day over Ricky Rudd. Let's go to Pit Road. Got a couple of cars in on Pit Road. Ernie Irvin's brought his car in. He took on the four tires and gasoline. Davey Allison just pulled his Haviland Ford in, putting on four tires on his machine and gasoline. Darrell Waltrip, the hood is up on his machine. They're working on the carburetor. Jeff Hammond and one of the Doug Richard working on the changing carburetors, as a matter of fact. Just put a new one on. Darrell Waltrip's car. That's all the service is doing on his car. Irv Hoare is in for four tires and gasoline on his machine. Dick Brooks. Well, Mark Martin's in. They've uh, got dent on the hood that we talked about earlier. It's got a lot of yellow paint on it. He got way up underneath the four car of Ernie Irvin, and that's what caused him to spin a while ago, but it didn't affect the car in any manner. In fact, may have helped it a little bit, give it a little more aerodynamics or kind of snooted the nose down just a little bit, but they got four tires on the car you may see some more stops coming up here before too very long as they work around the road course here at Sears Point this afternoon we're looking at a couple of cars that would normally be at the front of the pack back in 21st position Dale Earnhardt has been running along back there with Bill Elliott who is right behind him and that would be a battle for position on the racetrack uh, Earnhardt is showing 21st Bill Elliott showing 22nd of course we talked a little bit about the problems of Ernie Irvin too this afternoon normally you would expect to find those cars right at the front of the pack but all three have had more than their share of problems today take you back through the top 10 right now still leading the race Rusty Wallace Second, that's Ricky Rudd. Third position belongs to Mark Martin. That has changed and now moves Jeff Bodine up into the third spot after he made that pit stop there just a moment ago. Running fourth is Terry Labonte. Fifth is Joe Ruttman. Good run for Ruttman. They really need to get something done in that team. They kind of get it turned around, too. Joe was very optimistic they could have a top five finish and maybe even pull out a win. Kenny Schrader, as you pointed out, still running very well. He is being shown sixth. Seventh is Dale Jarrett. Alan Kowicki, eighth. Ninth, Harry Gant. And Tommy Kendall round out the top ten. You know who was having a super run at this point? Herschel McGriff, the ageless one from Bridal Vale, Oregon, now being posted in 11th spot. And just before making his pit stop seconds ago, Irv Hare was also running up near the front. And that Del Merkel-built Oldsmobile, Hare winning at the Grand Prix of Dallas last week in the SCCA Trans Am Series and was running in sixth here in this race a year ago before a late race spin. Jeff Bodine is on pit road with a crumpled left front to the Budweiser Ford. We're changing all four tires. They tried to straighten the fender just a little bit. They weren't able to do it. I don't think it would affect the car any at all because it is clear of the tire. Herschel McGriff is in right now. They're changing four tires on his machine as Darrell Walker leaves pit road and Jimmy Spencer coasts into his pit lane with the motor not running on his machine. Herschel McGriff was on pit road. Kenny Schrader we established on and off pit road. So this is the point where uh, green flag pit stops are being made by many of the top runners. 45 laps are complete of the 74 that make up the total distance here this weekend. Barney, we got to take a quick second here as uh, Rusty Wallace works around Bobby Hillen to complete yet another lap. We do want to uh, say hello to uh, Dick Beatty and his wife, May. They had to return back east uh, a day or so ago. Uh, May Beatty, her sister passed away, Dick's sister-in-law, and uh, they had to head back uh, to be with the family, certainly understood, and we all uh, miss uh, the Beatties out here, and we wish uh, the very best and condolences to the family, and we'll look forward to seeing uh, Dick Beatty, the Winston Cup director, and his wife back at Pocono in just a week's time. We're seeing another pit stop. It looks like Ricky Rudd is in the pits. Let's cover it. Well, Ricky's in the pits. They're going to do the same thing as the rest of them. They're changing four tires. They're going to fill it up with fuel. And uh, they've 
got the right side done, the left side now coming off. I got a little bit of a problem getting it off. Ted Musgrave was in the pits for about two laps, took uh, some work on the right rear of his car as they tried to get him uh, get him completed up and get him back on the racetrack. The uh, Terry Labonte car is just now pitted, and uh, they're going to do four tires on it, fill it up with fuel. It's got a little bit of a dent in the left rear, like a lot of the other cars. Uh, they seem to be getting hit right in the left rear. So we're going to see more stops coming up before too long. These are scheduled pit stops. The leader is on pit road. Let's cover his stop. Well, he come in, uh, made a nice stop right in the pits as he should be, and uh, did the right side. They're doing now the left side. The car's uh, up and the left side's off or back on. Uh, filling him up with fuel, and he's down and away. Rusty Wallace, the leader, makes his stop. These are scheduled stops as he is going back out of the course. A moment ago, Joe Rutman apparently might have broken engine or something up in front of Alan Bestwick. Joe has been smoking out the back end of the car for about the last six or seven laps. It looks like maybe he has a transmission problem because the motor was still running on the car, just couldn't seem to get it in gear to accelerate away from here. Dale Jarrett in the Sitco Ford leads here in Sears Point Raceway, but he too is making a scheduled pit stop. So the Wood Brothers will relinquish the lead, but that car has battled its way back towards the front. Rusty Wallace will regain the lead now. Even with that pit stop of moments ago, he had such an advantage that he pitted and only went to second spot. Rusty now takes the lead as we cover Dale Jarrett's stop. They go to the right side, the Wood Brothers. Eddie Lynn changing the right side tire. The official is waving it off, saying put the car down and back it up. That's what they're doing right now, so it's going to cost them some time. And now they continue work on the Sitco Ford. They don't have the right side uh, done yet. They're jacking it back up. The left side the lug nuts are loose on the car. And Harry Gann has problems. They brought the Skull Bandit in just a moment ago. The throttle was hanging. This time they have a carburetor sitting on the wall. So the second carburetor problem today is Harry Gant. They're going to make the change momentarily. Sterling Marlin also made his stop just a moment ago. He's been having to play catch up all day long. He is a couple of laps off the pace here this afternoon. He is now being posted in 32nd position as these are routine scheduled pit stops here at Sears Point this afternoon. Meanwhile, Rusty Wallace has gone back into the lead. Talk about a car that is really getting it done this afternoon. It's just amazing to watch himself and Ricky Rudd the way they get around here. Rusty Wallace, why are you so good on these road courses? Is there anything in your background that would lead you to be so good here? Not really. I mean, the gap is closing up on us. I know that. I've noticed that the last couple times out. People are taking road racing more serious. They used to just treat it as a joke. It was just a big pain in the rear end to come out here but uh, I enjoy road racing I like it a lot um, I'm able to hustle a car the way I like driving a car on a road course so I don't have to wait for this and wait for that and and it's just uh, it's more man and machine than it is man and machine and pit stops and all kinds of stuff like that involved in it Poor old Dale Jarrett. The Wood Brothers have pushed that race car halfway to Petaluma and back by now, and the darn thing still won't fire. Let's go to Pit Road. Well, they've got it uh, about six or eight teams here. There's uh, a little bit of everybody on the racetrack is trying to push it. They've got it to the end of Pit Row, and they're probably going to have to stop it there. They are shooting it full of ether, trying to get it started, and uh, the car looks like it's just extremely flooded. Uh, uh, a lot of uh, black smoke rolling out of the pipes and such, but uh, they're going to have to stop it now and back it up. The uh, Joe Rutman car talked to Butch Malk, the owner of the car, and he said that they had uh, they'd run out of fuel. 
They're pushing Dale Jarrett's car back up pit road. And we have said several times on our broadcast, if, it seems like if something is going to happen, it'll happen to Dale Jarrett. He'll be out on the track and somebody else's misfortune will become his. Lately, that team has had way more share than their, their share of bad luck. And they're having it again here this afternoon. He's been running good. He, he said he could post a top 10 finish, and he'd been up there most of the day. Yeah. Right now, the car still being pushed back up pit road, trying to get it to fire and put him back onto the racetrack. John Krebs has gone to the garage again. It's been a strange day for attrition here. Normally, we'll see somewhere between 8 and 10 cars at this juncture already in the garage. Everybody except one car that has fallen out has made repairs and gone back onto the racetrack. Uh, Jimmy, yes. We have another car behind the wall, Ted Musgrave. Ted, what's the problem? Well, we had the same problem at Martinsville with this car. We blew the rear end gasket out, and evidently the vent was plugged. So when the car sat in the, in the shop all month there, nobody fixed the vent, and we blew the rear end gasket out again. They just forgot to fix that. So Ted Musgrave is uh, behind the wall. They're hoping to get it fixed and get him back in the race. Boy, there's a rather unusual odor here at the start-finish line. It smells like a car's got its rear end going out. Uh, it's, it's one of those mis one of those smells that you just can't mistake, and then somebody just came by, and one car is out there uh, with a major problem. We'll wait and see uh, who it is or where the problem manifests itself. Here comes John Krebs returning onto the racetrack. Krebs is a longtime Winston West campaigner. His dad, Art Krebs, is one of the inspectors for the Winston Cup Series. He is one of the uh, engine inspectors, and uh, they uh, see each other when they're out here, and they wave, and they each go about their business. It's unusual to watch those two, but they don't want to. They may get together for dinner in the evenings or something, but uh, they don't want to fraternize at the racetrack. Art is probably as hard line and official as you're going to find. Yeah, he really is. Very hard nosed. I saw him over at the car one time when we first checked in here the other morning, but other than that, as you say, they just pass like ships in the night going through the garage area, kind of waves, how things going, and keep, keep on moving. Wallace is still the leader here this afternoon of the Banquet 300. Ricky Rudd hangs on to second spot. Tommy Kendall's being posted third right now. Fourth as Mark Martin, that backup car that Martin had a little doubts about. He wasn't sure exactly what kind of performance he'd get out of it. So far, it's been great for him this afternoon. True value hard charger competition. Rusty Wallace continues to lead that at this point of the day. Ricky Rudd has amassed enough points to be second in the hard charger points. Tommy Kendall is third. And uh, then Terry Labonte next in line. That's the competition where points are given to the teams that are in positions one through five on each and every lap of the day. But even though Rusty Wallace leads the hard charger competition, he is just running off with this race right now. He has a comfortable lead on Rudd, Kendall, Mark Martin, and Davey Allison. Maybe the best battle on the racetrack now coming through turn number 11 to complete another lap. Mark Martin has finally pulled away by a car length and a half or two from Tommy Kendall but that battle for third's been a great one. Yeah, it's been a good battle. They've tapped each other a time or two going through the corners here but doing some very clean racing but for the moment Mark has the biggest breathing room on Kendall that he's had for the last seven or eight laps around. He's ahead of him now by some 15 or 20 car lengths. Let's go back to pit road for an update on a couple of pit stops and the progress on Dale Jarrett's car. Well Harry Gant they changed the carburetor on his car as we pointed out before the carburetor the linkage was sticking they changed the carburetor on it he's back on the speedway dale jarrett they've changed the ignition they've changed the coil they're looking at the distributor now they've changed everything electronic of the car trying to get it to fire it still has not fired he's still sitting in his pit stall so a lot of trouble for dale jarrett this afternoon we're talking about different styles of running road courses and used to everybody would say how smooth you had to be to get around here but rusty wallace is certainly just proven that theory because he slings the car every way from Sunday through Monday the way he gets through the corners and yet his lap times are good and he's won a lot of races since 1987 on road courses. Mark Martin was talking about that the other day and I asked him if he was pretty smooth. 
I tell you one thing, I'm not smooth. <laughs> I think you are. I'm, well, maybe I am. I feel like I'm just as rough as a cop, you know, throwing the car, slinging it, sliding it. Uh, uh, you know, I may, I'm not real abrupt, but I, but, but I, I feel like I throw the car a lot, really throw it. And, uh, uh, because the car won't drive around a racetrack real fast. It has to be thrown around the racetrack. And that's what Mark's doing right now, along with Rusty Wallace, just slinging it all over the place. But nevertheless, they're still dusting the field this afternoon as they work around. Mark Martin is now really pulling away from Tommy Kendall. Uh, whatever style he wants to call it, however he wants to do it, he is starting to pull away as that third place battle has evaporated. Why don't we take you back into the running order here on lap number 51, rather 53 at this point. Rusty Wallace is the leader, Ricky Rudd second. Mark Martin is now third. Tommy Kendall runs in fourth. Davey Allison fifth. Jeff Bodine is sixth. Seventh is Kenny Schrader. Eighth now is Terry Labonte. Michael Waltrip ninth. And Alan Kowicki is 10th. 11th place belongs to Rick Wilson. He's having a good run, as he did here a year ago. He had a top 10 a year ago. 12th belongs to Lake Speed. Ernie Irvin is 13th. Bill Schmidt is the uh, highest-running West Coast driver right now in 14th spot. 15th position belongs to Irv Hare, the road racer from Peoria, Illinois. In 16th, it's Rick Mast, who never saw this track at all until Thursday of this week. Running in 17th is Brett Bodine. 18th is Mickey Gibbs. 19th belongs to Joe Rutman. Herschel McGriff is 20th. 21st is Bobby Hillen. Running in 22nd is Bill Sedgwick. Dale Earnhardt is 23rd. And 24th, Bill Elliott. All of those cars are on the lead lap. One lap down in 25th is Bobby Hamilton. In 26th spot is Robert Sprague. Running in 27th now, Stanley Smith. And Dave Marcus is 28th. Two laps down in 29th is Richard Petty. Three laps down in 30th, Darrell Waltrip. 31st is Sterling Marlin. And 32nd, Harry Gant. Five laps down in 33rd is Dale Jarrett. Of course, he's having his problems still on pit road. Running in 34th is Mike Chase. F seven laps down in 35th, Ted Musgrave, who has gone behind the wall now in 36th spot. They are posting Chad Little. 37th is Scott Gaylord. Jimmy Spencer is 38th. Ten or more laps down in 39th is Derek Cope. 40th, Hutch Strickland. 41st now is John Krebs. Then Morgan Shepard in 42nd spot. And the only car officially done for the day is R.K. Smith, who had the engine failure leading to an accident all the way back on lap number three of this Banquet 300. Dick Brooks, I assume that now that everybody has made their pit stop, unless a caution comes out and they elect to come in onto that, they can go the distance if this race stays green? Well, I think they can, Barney. I'm going to check with a couple of the crew chiefs and find out... Uh, if they, uh, which ones can and which ones can't, but uh, if you'll take two and a half miles times uh, the 20-some laps or whatever they got left, I think uh, I think we'll find that they can go all the way around. Dale Jarrett has brought his car into the garage. They've uh, pushed it a long, long way. We've been walking along behind them here. Dale, uh, well, he's getting out of his car now. Dale, what happened? I don't know. As I came in for the pit stop there, uh, right before I got to the pit, the motor popped and cut off. So uh, I just guess it's something ignition-wise it won't crank back. What a shame. The Sitco board was really running good. I had a good line around. And I was, you know, just having a good time out there, and I think we'd gotten up in the top ten. So we really needed a good finish here. We've had some tough luck, but the guys worked awfully hard, and I guess it just wasn't to be. I'd like to thank the guys down the pit road that helped from the other teams. That shows what kind of sport this really is. But uh, these guys worked awfully hard to get this car good for me all week. 
Uh, just hate it. Say hi to everyone back home and be home soon. Well, they sure did. There was an awful lot of help from the cruise chief. There was probably six or eight teams helping them push it, also helping them uh, get the thing going. Joe, Joe Rutman has just pulled in. Joe Rutman, what happened? <clears throat> well, we're not, not, really, not really sure if it's a rear end or transmission. The old dinner bell car was running real good, and, uh, and it uh, started vibrating a little bit, so it was either the uh, rear end or trans, I'm sure. They're underneath the car trying to find out what it is, but it looks like they're going to be out for the rest of the day also. That might have been what we were smelling here, Barn. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> oh, mercy. We've got about 20 laps left in the banquet 300 here at Sears Point this afternoon. Rusty Wallace continues to lead Ricky Rudd, Mark Martin, Tommy Kendall, and Davey Allison. We are back at Sears Point Raceway in Southern California. The banquet 300 has been slowed by only three caution flags today. The last coming back on lap number 22. We're now on the 56th of 74 laps as the field strings out just a bit. But still, at this juncture of the day, there are 24 cars on the lead lap. Rusty Wallace continues to lead. Of course, later today, we'll update you further on the Lickety Split Award, which gives $1,500 to the fastest lap leader at each Winston Cup event. That's proudly sponsored by Tyson, the official chicken of NASCAR. One of the great stories of the weekend so far is Mark Martin. They had a problem, nearly uh, rolled, and certainly didn't destroy their primary road course car here in practice on Thursday. Thursday, and I asked Steve Meal, the uh, team manager for the Folgers Ford, after losing your number one road course car, is this a true road course backup or is this just a makeshift machine? We came out here with the two road race cars prepared to have some sort of trouble. Not that we expected, but we wanted to be ready. We're so far from home, you know, we wanted to have two good bullets in the chamber, if you will. So, no, it's a regular old road race car. We're doing a little more work on it now. Similar to the kind of work we would have had to do to the other car. So, if it looks like we're working a whole lot, it's just because we're developing what we have but we were pretty ready when we got here. So Mark Martin goes from one road course car to just another road course car, according to his team manager, Steve Meal, and it's paying off. They've got themselves up in third spot right now, uh, running within a long shouting distance of both Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd. The average speed of this race right now is 76.224 miles an hour. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, Eli, uh, I mean, Barney, uh, the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award has just been picked for the uh, Banquet 300 for $1,000 to go to Jimmy Maycar, the crew chief on uh, Rusty Wallace car. Jimmy, you got another $1,000 in your pocket. That's 11 already. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. Well, we really appreciate all they do for race, you know. Uh, the award may be in my name, but it really reflects the work all the guys here in the pits have done. It, it really is something that everybody here has won. That's, that's all right. You can, just split, you can just split it with all of us if you like. Oh, yeah. They're going to have a percentage of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the $10,000 they got for leading a halfway with uh, right guard and, uh, and uh, then the $1,000 for the Western Auto Award. They got a pretty good day going already. They really have, and, and pretty well on their way to victory unless something happens to that car because the interval right now between first and second is not getting any shorter. It's getting a little bit longer. Let's pick up the leader on the course. Rusty just comes off turn number two here, comes down the hill to turn three, makes the hard left-hand turn. A couple of cars separating him now from Ricky Rudd, the lap car of Scott Gaylord, also the machine of Bill Elliott. Next comes the Mark Martin machine, still chopping off the corners, working his way through the course. Martin just coming through turn number three as the race 
race leader heads for turn five. Rusty Wallace comes down to the bottom of the hill in turn five. A little bit of traffic ahead. Hud Strickland and the wounded Derek Cope machine is there as Cope continues to limp through the corner. Now Wallace down to the bottom of the racetrack. Once again, he's able to make that car work really well to the inside of turn six. It's given him a big advantage in this portion of the racetrack. Wallace up under the Goodyear Bridge and already to the end of the straightaway while Rudd just comes out onto the drag strip. Six seconds, the difference now between Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd. Two lap cars separating them as well. The automobile of Scott Gaylord, also Bill Elliott between the leader in second place. And Rusty Wallace with clear racetrack in front of him as he hits the S's under the Goodyear Bridge. We were wondering and kind of watching Wallace the last few laps to see if he might be taking it a little easier. I don't think so. He really has the whip out as he works through the S's and heads down to the Winston Cup Bridge at turn 10. Under the bridge, Rusty Wallace brings it through turn 10. He has the smoothest line of any of the cars that have been coming through turn 10. Everybody's got a little bobble as they come through turn 10, but Wallace is just as smooth as silk as he heads now for the hairpin. One car is spun in turn number two. It's a Mike Chase car just at the top of the hill. The car turned around and sitting in the middle of the racetrack facing oncoming traffic. Caution is out here in turn two. Morgan Shepard is also involved in that. Shepard's car has come to rest. Now he's backing it off the racetrack, but the yellow flag is being displayed to the field, and this is certainly going to change the entire complexion of the finish of the Banquet 300. Many of the leaders electing to take a quick trip down the pit lane. Rusty Wallace is first in. Let's cover his stop. Well, he is first. He comes uh, to a stop right where he should, and a good, good uh, even stop. NASCAR's got these guys now, where they don't. If they don't stop right on a spot where they're supposed to, they're going to penalize them. Some they've already done that a couple times. They make them back a car up if they uh, roll too far ahead or or whatever. So uh, these guys got to stop in the right place. But Rusty Wallace's car is uh, down on the right side. The left side's almost done. They've had a couple quick stops on the car today. As it drives away, he's back on the racetrack. Uh, Mark Martin. Martin's sitting right behind him. He's uh, getting fuel and tires. Also is uh, Terry Labonte. The uh, Ricky Rudd car came in. They did the same thing with it as they did with uh, Kenny Schrader. And Michael Walter now is sitting in the pits as he starts to drive out. Got a pretty good wrinkle on the right front of that car. So he's been up against something. The Lake Speed car's in. They got the left side tires on it and uh, dropping it down as they did all four. Filled it up with fuel and uh, all the cars back on the racetrack. Jim Phillips. Baby Allison brought his Haviland Ford in. They changed four tires on his machine along with Ernie Irvin, Rick Wilson, Harry Gant, Dale Earnhardt's been in. Four tires and gasoline. It's going to be a good break for him. Jeff Bodine brought his car in. Four tires and gasoline along with Herschel McGriff, Bill Schmidt, Derek Coke, Chad Little, and Bill Sedgwick all getting four tires and Unical gasoline. So the way they came off pit road a moment ago, Rusty Wallace was first out of the pits, followed by Harry Gant, Bill Elliott, Mark Martin, Davey Allison, Ricky Rudd, Jeff Bodine, Kenny Schrader, and Terry Labonte. That's the way they came out of the pits. As the field comes back around one more time here at Sears Point, we're looking to see if they're going to put the green flag out, and indeed they are. They're about to go racing again here in just a second and conclude, hopefully under green, the Banquet 300. Elmo Langley punches the throttle in the Chevrolet pace car, and they set sail. Richard Petty leads the field down to the line. Now, he is not the leader in this race as they swing back up the hill into turn number one. Tommy Kendall busts is out of the pack and moves out ahead of everyone as he works his way up to the top of the hill. Kendall in good shape. He made that pit stop early just a moment ago. He's being shown as the leader. 
Hindle shuffles around. Richard Petty clears that machine and gets some clear room here as they come down to turn number three. He's already picked up about five car lengths from the rest of the pack. Meanwhile, Rusty Wallace is behind three of the lap cars. They separate him from race leader Tom Kendall as they come through turn four and head for turn five. Everybody single file down the hill. to make the right-hand turn as they come down in elevation. Now it's a quick little over the top of a hump, and now back downhill again. Kendall will open it up to about four car lengths. Rusty Wallace falls in line behind the lap car Rick Mass. Everybody single file through turn number six. They fan it out onto the drag strip once more, watching Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd try to work their way up through the lap traffic, trying to get up towards Tommy Kendall. Kendall to the entrance of the hairpin now on the brakes, makes the right-hand turn as Ricky Rudd tries to work his way through a group of cars racing side-by-side. -side. Davey Allison and Brett Bodine kind of have Rudd boxed in as they head downhill. Tommy Kendall with clean racetrack in front of him. He's got Richard Petty and Rick Mass lap cars blocking Rusty Wallace's path at the moment. So Wallace is second. Several more lap cars. Back to Mark Martin, who's third. Davey Allison up to fourth ahead of Ricky Rudd, who's fifth. Tommy Kendall continues to stretch it out under the Goodyear Bridge, or rather the Winston Cup Bridge, into turn 10. Richard Petty is there, 12 car lengths back. Rusty Wallace has gotten around Rick Mass and is closing in now on Richard Petty to try to reel in Tommy Kendall. Long way to go, though. Tommy Kendall leads this event, but it is far from over. Kendall, who spent a weekend ago at Lime Rock Park up in Connecticut, he was leading for much of the day in the IMSA race there, only to have a mechanical problem put him back uh, behind everyone else late in the day. But he's now starting to pull away. And, ooh, Trouble in turn Petty, up. a hard hit as he went off the track and nose first into one of the outside retaining walls and tire barriers. One of the SECA track workers is quickly looking inside the car. Barney, you and I both had our eyes right on that. Petty went off the track to his right and went nose first into one of the dirt berms and the tire wall. He has taken what looks to be about 30 tires or so and just scattered them across even onto the racetrack. And that was one serious hit right there for Richard Petty. That's one of the hardest hits I've seen Richard take in a lot of years as he, on that restart, he'd been running real good and was ahead of the leader or ahead of Rusty Wallace there. Caution, obviously, is on the speedway. Petty has slammed into that embankment up there and really torn the car up badly. The front end completely just shoved in on that race car for Richard Petty as the safety crews and ambulance crews are there working at the Richard Petty car right now. It is in the area of where we are here at the tower. He had just gone up the hill. He dropped the wheel off the course for just a second. Looked like he tried to correct and bring it back on. The car just did not take a bite and went straight into that embankment. So Richard Petty has taken a hard shot up in turn two. It was not unlike what happens when you're driving on the highway and sometimes you'll get a right side tire off the racetrack and then you have a tough, tough time getting the car back onto the asphalt. That looked as though to be the case here because uh, Richard Petty never did let off the gas. He was going full bore still trying to save the race car. Let's go down to the Petty Pits and see if either uh, Dick Brooks or Jim Phillips has any update from there. They're uh, talking to him or trying to talk to him. They don't know for sure what happened yet. We'll find out in a few minutes. So Richard Petty being attended to, he is still in the race car after taking a real hard shot. We are under caution. Again, let's check back in his pit and see if they have had any contact, if Richard is talking to them on the radio or if they have any idea what happened. Well, they have had uh, uh, everybody with the headsets. I've talked to a couple of them, and uh, they're kind of busy getting back toward the garage, and, and uh, they said that they uh, got the wind knocked out of him, but he's okay. 
they were a little concerned about uh, Herschel McGriff laying down some oil is what caused it to happen. So if there's oil down on the racetrack, they feel that's probably what it was. I think uh, Joe Moore, they, he did blow up uh, Herschel McGriff apparently up in that area. Yeah, just as they cleared the top of the hill, there smoke was coming out of the car already and finally let out a big plume of smoke here just as it came off turn number two. And he finally pulled the car down to the outside of the racetrack where it sits now. So that very well could have been the beginning of the whole problem. They are still working around Richard Petty's car. They have yet to get him out of the car, but we understand that he is conscious and talking, and apparently they may want to put a neck brace on Richard Petty before they get him out after taking a hard hit going up into turn two. A somewhat disheveled Richard Petty has just climbed from his race car. He is walking around, checking out the uh, damage and getting the uh, escorted ride back in on the ambulance to the infield care center or the care center here in the garage area. Again, it was just a tough, tough lick that he took whatever the reason was that car just never did slow he seemed to get on the brakes there at the last second to try and uh, slow himself down but went to nose first into the outside berm and those tires but again Richard did climb from the car he took a quick look at the uh, damaged STP Pontiac and I don't know how much of that car they're going to be able to salvage they'll certainly have to uh, cut off the uh, the whole front snout and start over in that portion of the racetrack uh, race car certainly I got a feeling they may be building Richard Petty a new road race car. Kyle Petty, his son, was up there just a moment ago. Also, Kyle is out here at Sears Point. We had a chance to talk with him, but he is up there. Richard did get out under his own power, as you documented, and that's good news. And certainly, uh, the members of the media in attendance today will maybe vote Richard Petty the goodies headache award. He's certainly one of the uh, viable candidates right now. The driver who suffers the hardest luck during the running of this and every Winston Cup race is eligible for the goodies headache award, which carries with it $500 and a sample of goodies headache powders. We'll update you on the media voting on that a bit later on today. Of course, the MRN crew will vote the Peak Antifreeze Cool Move of the Race Award to a driver, crew, chief, or team making a particularly cool move during today's running of the 300-kilometer race here out on the coast and $500 on the line as well from the folks at Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant. While we've been out here on the West Coast, of course, racing has continued all around the country in NASCAR's different touring divisions. Yesterday afternoon, Robert Presley got the win, taking the Alliance Truck Training Oldsmobile to Victory Lane at Rougemont, North Carolina's Orange County Speedway. They uh, had a 300-lapper there for the Bush Grand National Series. Jimmy Hensley finished in second, David Green third, Kenny Wallace fourth, Jeff Burton was fifth. The points leader for the Bush Series, Bobby Labonte, finished in the sixth spot. The Bush Grand National North Series ran in Holland, New York last night. Ricky Craven got the win out there with Ron Lamell and Billy Clark topping the uh, leaderboard. Stubb Fadden was fourth and Kelly Moore finishing fifth. The uh, Bush North cars go to Jennerstown Speedway in Pennsylvania next weekend, as does the NASCAR Modified Tour. Here at Sears Point yesterday, the 200-kilometer race for the NASCAR Southwest Tour was won by Ken Peterson in his Chevrolet over Ron Hornaday Jr. and Craig Rodman, who finished in the third spot. That event taking a bit over two hours to complete here at Sears Point yesterday. As far as the Winston Racing Series is concerned, Somerville Speedway in South Carolina ran yesterday. Michael Graham from Goose Creek, South Carolina got the win over Wesley Morris and Jerry Williams. At the Star Speedway in Epping, New Hampshire last night, Mike Murphy was the win with Pete Fiendaka finishing second and Jim Rosenfield taking home third place honors. At the Capitol Speedway in Jefferson City, Missouri, Darren Walker was the winner with Terry Gallagher finishing second and Richard Crane coming home in the third spot. 
spot. Other action on the Winston Racing Series last night, West Liberty Raceway in West Liberty, Iowa, had Terry Ryan get the win. He's from Davenport, Iowa, by the way. Terry Ryan is. Marty Beckler finished in the second spot. Steve Hennies came home in third position. Just some of the action on the Winston Racing Series taking place yesterday. Well, we're yep. getting in the closing laps right now of the Banquet 300. Let's go down to Pit Road and Dick Brooks. Well, I'm up on the tower here with Gary Nelson, uh, high above the racetrack. <laughs> That's pretty good seats you got up here watching this thing happen. Yeah, this is good. You know, the weather's nice out here. Little breeze, cool. Um, a good day for racing. Be a good day to win the race, right? He's the crew chief for the Tom Kendall car. Uh, you guys got an awful good jump there a while ago. You think you can do that again? Well, uh... I think we kind of snookered them, hoping that would be the last caution. They, Rusty and those other guys are pretty smart. They probably figured out what we're going to do, and they'll be ready for us this restart. Uh, we're going to do our best to stay in front. I think the car is really strong. Tommy's doing a great job. We really haven't shown all we have yet, so it's about time to be bringing it out, I think. I believe it's about right. About time to bring it out. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, they're kind of confident up here. Everybody's sitting on the wall just waiting for it to all happen again. There's not much you can do at this point, but... Uh, uh, set and wait for the flags to fall. I got a feeling if Rusty catches him, this race could get a little bit physical, but Tommy has had uh, several road races under his belt right now. As you pointed out, he ran well here last year at Watkins Glen. He had a shot to win up there. He's got a lot more experience than he had in races in the past, and I, I won't say Rusty won't get him, but I, he'll make him work for it if he does. As Richard Petty's car is hooked to a wrecker and being towed away, the front end of that car really badly mangled, and Richard took a heck of a shot on that restart here a moment ago in the second lap around. And so, obviously, Petty is out for the day, but apparently he is okay. We saw him climb out of the car. Dick? Well, Jimmy Maycar is sitting here on the wall, and they, uh, they're the ones that's in second place right now. And, and got a, he's actually got a car in between you, I guess, uh, and, uh, and Kendall Carr. Uh, Kendall got an awful good jump while ago and got a way out in front. Probably won't happen again, I expect. But uh, can you run him down if you don't? Well, that's hard to say right now. Uh, you know, we're... we're it's all out and open now. You can do what you got to do. If we can get by that car in front of us, I think we can have a shot at him. It just depends if Rusty has enough to get around him or not. Well, they, that's about the only thing they can do is just try their best. Well, the lights are out atop the silver Chevrolet Lumina. We're just about a mile and a half or so from going back to green here in the Banquet 300. Tom Kendall leads at halfway. Rusty Wallace was leading. He took home $10,000 as the winner of the right guard halfway challenge. But right now, Barney, we're down to nitty-gritty time here at Sears Point as the lap count is 67 of 74. That makes up the total distance here today. And there's still a lot of cars within striking distance to win this race. NASCAR timing and scoring is showing some 18 cars still being up there on the lead lap. The leader, as we talked about, is Tommy Kendall. There is a lap car between himself and Rusty Wallace, that lap car being Rick Mast. Second right now is Wallace. Third is Mark Martin. Fourth is Davey Allison. And fifth is Ricky Rudd. Six right up there in the top of the running order is Kenny Schrader. Terry Labonte is being shown seventh. Brett Bodine eighth. Alan Kowicki ninth. And rounding out the top ten is Michael Waltrip as they get ready to put the green flag back out and settle the banquet 300. Elmo Langley gets in the throttle real heavy, takes that pace car out of the way. The green flag is out, and Tommy Kendall takes off, and he gets a good start, good jump on that restart and heads up the hill. Meanwhile, Rusty Wallace scrambling back there, trying to catch him as they work their way up to turns two and three in front of Joe Moore. Wallace has his hands full trying to get around the lap car of Rick Mass that sits directly in front of Rusty Wallace. Further back, Mark Martin finally has cleared some slower traffic. He's in third. Fourth is Davey Allison. Fifth now Ricky Rudd. Through turn number three and down to turn four. Tom Kendall picking up a good distance over Wallace. About ten car lengths as Wallace now finally clears the lap traffic. 
So he'll come back in line as Rick Mass drops in behind. Everybody single file behind. Also, Ricky Rudd trying to make his way through some traffic. Rudd now down to the bottom of the racetrack. He'll get by the Rick Mass machine as well. So shuffling now down into turn number six. Tommy Kendall with about 10 car lengths as he heads onto the drag strip. A couple of Pontiacs at the head of the class, but make that 10 car length lead about 11 or 12 now as Kendall gets a good run up the hill, and Wallace is going to feel a challenge for second. Mark Martin goes by. Rusty Wallace at the end of the straightaway. Wallace appears to have a problem. The car not running well. Davey Allison will challenge Wallace to the outside down the hill. Here comes Ricky Rudd around Wallace as well. Wallace definitely off the pace as they start down through the S's. Your leader is Tommy Kendall by 12 car lengths. Mark Martin with a whip out in second spot getting after him. Davey Allison is third. Wallace hanging in there in fourth ahead of Ricky Rudd. Then the mask machine and then Kenny Schrader up to sixth year leader Kendall. Kendall continues to pull away through turn 10 out to the outside of the racetrack. Here comes Mark Martin trying to reel him in a little bit. That's about a 12 car length advantage that Kendall has as they go to the hairpin. Hey, we're in the pits with uh, Rusty Wallace's pits. Uh, uh, Harold Elliott, the engine builder, is here. Harold, what's the matter? I don't know, Dick. Rusty called in and said that when he's still right to the pity or whoever had that scramble up there, he started running. moment we thought that Rusty might have just uh, lost a shift or missed a shift there in any event 2.5 seconds two and a half seconds is the advantage now for Tommy Kendall running in the lead and he still has a lapped car between himself and everybody else Rick Mast has settled in line as the lead automobiles work their way towards Fred Armstrong Tom Kendall will come down to the hill he'll he still maintains about five car lengths on the rest of the field Kendall however looking just a little bit loose through the corner he'll come down to the inside of the racetrack now as he works his way down the hill through the carousel turn, this time a little bit slower than the time before. And again, the rear kick, rear end kicks out just a bit as he heads onto the straightaway. Mark Martin beginning to taste blood. The Folgers Ford has separated himself now from the rest of the pack. There are no lap cars between first and second, and Martin is there. He is down to just two car lengths on Tommy Kendall as they come through the hairpin on the gas and down the hill. Mark okay. Martin's Mark Martin's crew chief, Robin Pemberton, standing here. Robin, uh, it's nobody left now but the front car. Yeah, he's drawing a bead on him. He's doing the best he can do right now. Uh, Tommy's an awful good road racer, and so is Mark. Well, I think you're right. That's uh, going to have a showdown in a minute. Mark Martin tries to reel him in as they head for turn 10. Kendall will take the mellow yellow Pontiac right to the high side of this short shoot as they head for the hairpin. It's about six car lengths now as Mark Martin tries to tighten it up and pulls it on the rear deck lid as they go to the hairpin. Mark Martin could have won here the last two years. Remember 89? Ooh, as he nearly spins out, driving it hard in turn 11. In 89, a wheel came off and Mark slipped the car exiting the pits. Last year, he got into an accident and got way behind, but nevertheless took over the Winston Cup point lead. This might be the weekend when he turns the season around. He's a second down. Let's go to the pits. Alan Kowicki spun around coming off of the uh, number 11 turn. He got it going, and now back into the traffic. There'll be no cost. The leaders are at the top of the hill in turn three. Tommy Kendall showing the way. Just a two-car length lead over Mark Martin. Martin cuts down across the grass, closes the distance even more, down to less than a car length in turn four. Nose. Downhill, they go down to turn five. Tommy Kendall leading the way. Nose to tail as they come down the hill. Kendall will maintain a car length as they head over the hump and now set up for six. Down to the bottom of the racetrack goes Tommy Kendall, but Mark Martin is there. Two car lengths separate the front two as they race 
onto the straightaway. The thousands of fans lining the sides of this racetrack begin to come to their feet, watching as Mark Martin tries to track down Tommy Kendall. Martin strong to the end of the straightaway. Kendall now taking somewhat of a wide line, now chops the car to the bottom. Martin smokes the right front brake as he tries to close in on Kendall. He's right at his back bumper down the hill. Kendall a little twitchy out of seven. They're in the S's. Martin allowed. Car length behind. Good battle for third, too. Davey Allison and Ricky Rudd going at it. Meantime, Martin right behind Tommy Kendall as they go downhill toward turn 10. Kendall, your leader, two car lengths ahead of Mark Martin under the bridge. Two cars nose to tail now as they come out and into turn 10. This time, Mark Martin will take a quick look to the inside. Can't do anything with it. He has to cut back single file. Both cars on the biters as they head for the hairpin. If you've been with us all day, you heard Mark Martin say on a piece of tape earlier this afternoon that he feels like he slings and throws a car all over this racetrack. That's exactly what he's doing right now as he tries to close in on Tommy Kendall. He's been there a couple of times. He is now within two car lengths as they cross the start-finish line to put another lap on the board and head back up that hill. Mark Martin closes in a little more. He chops it down to one car length, and they're going into the part of the course right now that Mark may have a chance to get around him. Marty Mark said that he slings the car around on the turns. He's been doing that practically all all day. What's a little different here, the fact that Tommy Kendall was driving such a smooth race earlier, but now here in the closing laps as he's feeling the heat of Mark Martin, he too is starting to attack this racetrack, chopping off corners, the right side of the car coming up in the air as he comes close to the edge of the turns here in turns three and four, and Tommy Kendall's driving it all out here in the final laps. Through the carousel turn the last two times by, Kendall again, the rear end is broken away from him, and again that happens as he enters the corner. Martin now a half a car length behind as they come off the corner, that's nose to tail as they head onto the straight Away. The hairpin at the end of the drag strip is the place to make your move, and here comes Martin to the outside of Kendall. The Folgers Ford pulls up alongside. They touch. Now Kendall squirrely as he locks the brakes up. Martin locks his brakes on the outside. It's a drag race off the corner, side by side. Contact. Kendall spins Martin around. Martin hits the guardrail on the inside after contact from Tommy Kendall. And Tommy Kendall moves away with the lead over Davey Allison and Ricky Rudd. That was quite a hit. Mark Martin comes off the wall now. He takes some of the protective tires away, and here they come downhill towards the number 10 corner. Kendall has left everybody, but not for the moment. Here comes Davey Allison to close in. Davey Allison has now picked up the fray. Mark Martin with extensive damage to the left rear of his car. Meanwhile, Dave Marcus has spun at the high end of the racetrack. The caution is flying in that particular end of the speedway only, as with three laps to go. Here comes Kendall to the stripe. He's got Davey Allison and Ricky Rudd right on his tail. They are going to battle this one for the final three laps uphill to turn number two. Davey Allison riding in the second spot. Checks out. Tommy Kendall coming to the top of the hill. Davey dives low to the inside of the racetrack. He'll go by Kendall. Ricky Rudd now takes the inside line. He's dead even with Kendall coming out of the bottom of the hill. Up the hill now in turn number three. Ricky Rudd gets by. So it's Davey Allison now leading the way. Rudd's in second. Kendall falls back to third. Single file as they head down the hill. Davey Allison will lead the way into turn number five. They'll make the right hand turn. Head up the hill just a bit and set up for turn number six. Tom Kendall slowing on the racetrack. He drops back 10, now 20 positions. Now Rusty Wallace will get by. There must be a problem with the Tom Kendall machine as everybody is getting by. Meanwhile, the battle for the lead, the question remains, does Ricky Rudd have enough time to catch Davey Allison? They'll settle it among those two. It's a long way back to Rusty Wallace. Make it about four car lengths as they come into the hairpin turn now. Rusty Wallace trying to chase down the two leaders. He's distanced himself from all the lap cars now as well, but Allison is headed down the hill.
So as they work their way through the uh, back straightaway area and towards turns 10 and 11, let's check in on Pit Road, maybe an update on what's happened to Tommy Kendall's car. Yeah, he's got a tire going down. It probably uh, may have happened when uh, he and uh, Mark Martin got together a while ago. But anyway, he's got a tire problem. And now we can see him coming through the course. He is listing way over. It looks as though the left front and maybe even the left rear are down. It's the left front that is totally down. There are sparks coming out from off the rim, off the wheel, where it's dragging on the pavement. Boy, was that quite a run there. Mark Martin tried to force the issue. Tommy Kendall tried to force the issue. And Davey Allison, whose team changed an engine earlier this morning, remember, now gets the signal of two laps to go, but he's still got eight car lanes and Ricky Rudd to contend with. Here's Davey topping the hill in turn number two as Ricky Rudd follows him less than a car length behind. They'll come downhill, take the slight dip. Davey drops it way down low, chops off the corner in turn number three, now heads for turn number four. It stretches out now to about four car lengths. Davey closes in on slower traffic, but Dave Marcus' car directly ahead as they go downhill and towards turn five. Single file as they start to work on the lap car of Dave Marcus. It's about five car lengths until they'll catch up to him. Davey Allison now sets up for turn number six. Downhill through the carousel. Down to the bottom of the racetrack. Now Allison slides up the racetrack just a bit. Marcus still ahead as they head down the hill. Davey Allison trying to break the Rudd and Wallace stranglehold on Winston Cup Road Racing. Up the drag strip, still running behind the Dave Marcus. Marcus car. Rudd has about five car lengths to make up on Allison. Rudd, very late breaking, closes right up on the back deck of Allison now. Make it one car length as they come off the hairpin and start to head down to the S's. And Allison and Ricky Rudd will have to contend with Dave Marcus's slower car. Allison by three car lengths under the Goodyear Bridge. Left into turn eight. Back to the right as they work the S's. Downhill now. Short straightaway. Marcus's left car still in front of Davey Allison. Allison trying to find room to get by as they're under the bridge. A classic battle for the lead between Ford and Chevrolet. The Ford has it right now, going to the high side of the Chevrolet of Dave Marcus. That allows Ricky Rudd to close in to only a half car length as they head into the hairpin. Ricky Rudd is going to have one final lap to do it. They'll take the white. Davey Allison spins as they go into the corner. Davey Allison looked like he might have backed off just a second. A little contact between the two. Allison spins it around, and Ricky Rudd has got the lead. And here comes Rudd to take the white flag as he heads back up the hill on the final time around this course. Let's see, Davey Allison, here he comes. He gets the car fired. He still hangs on to second spot. So Davey Allison drops back, but now he's going to have his hands full to hang on to the second place with Rusty Wallace. They're heading up for turn three. Ricky Rudd just comes off turn number two now. Comes down to the bottom of the hill, turn three. Here's Davey Allison coming off the corner, looking behind him. He sees the Rusty Wallace car closing in. Just a couple of car lengths back. Then back in the fourth position, the Kenny Schrader car. Further back, the Mark Martin machine still running up in the top ten. The race leader, though, Ricky Rudd, for the last time heads to turn five. 25 car length advantage for Rudd now as he heads down to turn number six. He'll tuck it down to the bottom of the racetrack. The car working well on the low side. Davey Allison with about five car lengths on the rusty Wallace machine. That is the battle for second as they head down the hill. Ricky Rudd started on the pole trying to win and pick up that big pot of Unical money. He's about a half a lap from the checkered flag. He's down to the hairpin at the end of the straightaway. Second gear, the hard right turn. He'll not get a challenge unless he has a problem. Here's Rudd back on the throttle headed down to the S's. Rudd all by himself with open racetrack after some amazing reversals of fortune here in the waning moments of the Banquet 300 at Sears Point. Rudd clearing Dave Marcus last time around by himself now through the S's. Downhill toward the left hand turns and Rudd will take it easy now under the Winston Cup Bridge, your leader. Smooth sailing for Ricky Rudd. He comes under the Winston Cup Bridge, lets it drift out very gently, doesn't even get all the way up to full speed because he didn't go out there where the fast line was. He's back off to second gear and into the hairpin on his way to victory. 
Well, Ricky Rudd looking at a $45,000 bonus from Unical. He had to muscle his way through turn 11 with Davey Allison. Here comes the Tide Chevrolet. He will get to the start-finish line, receiving the checkered flag and the black flag, both at the same time from Doyle Ford. And this one is an interesting finish, to say the very least. We have seen a little bit of it all. Eli? Let's go down to the pit area. Yeah, what else standing here? What else? What is it saying? understand this. I mean, they've told us in driver's meeting, the last lap you're on your own. And Ricky was driving as hard as he could, hoping to be able to get by the 28, touched him, and now they want to black flag us. This is ridiculous. Okay. Well, they got a little problem down here, all right. They, uh, not, uh, not happy campers right here in this pit, anyway. Well, we'll have to wait and see exactly how all of this shakes down. Ricky Rudd was given the black flag, and they have his number still at this moment on the black flag board as he and Davey Allison went through turn number 11. From our vantage point, they made contact, so it seemed. Davey spun around, and they put the number five on the black flag board, and you hear the uh, lack of clarity down on the pit lane right now. Here comes Davey Allison. He has made a right-hand turn at the exit of the carousel towards the drag strip. Everybody else goes one way. Davey is going the other way. Davey Allison has gone to victory lane and apparently a ruling by NASCAR that there might have been a little rough driving going on in the corner in those final laps. And we'll sort it all out for you in just a moment. But for the moment, Ricky Rudd is not in victory lane. Davey Allison has been declared the winner of the Banquet 300. We'll try and sort it out for you in a moment. From NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio. We are back at Sears Point International Raceway in a, what is certainly going to turn out to be a controversial finish here. Ricky Rudd with one lap to go gets together just a little bit, or at least from our vantage point, it looked like the two cars might have touched coming through turn number 11 up there. Davey Allison spun out. The NASCAR officials have said they have black flagged him and informed him that he should pull the car onto pit road when he came around to check, take the checkered flag. Now, we're not going to get right in the middle of this one, as you said a moment yeah, ago. That well, is going to be NASCAR's domain to sort this thing out. But the point is, Davey Allison has gone to victory lane, and that's where he is right now. So it's going to be a, going to be certainly uh, a protested finish. There's no question about that. I'll tell you what. While everything else is being sorted out, why doesn't the MRN crew right now vote the Peak Antifreeze Cool Move of the Race Award? $500 from Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant is on the line. And let's just make our way around this racetrack and pull the fellas. Joe Moore up in uh, turns two through five. I think Mark Martin did a good job coming back from a lot of adversity this weekend to still post a top ten finish after all of his problems. I'll go with Mark Martin. Moving on to Fred Armstrong. I'll have to second that. Mark Martin real smooth through this portion of the course today. Alan Bestwick. Given on to Ken Schrader, had the chance to get the car in trouble a number of times and managed to pull it back out. So Ken Schrader. Rick Benjamin. My calls to Tommy Kendall, and he and Martin got together. Kendall could have gotten in big trouble. He managed to keep his car straight and go on for a nice finish this afternoon. David Hyatt. I'm going to have to go along with Mark Martin. Didn't see a lot of the action, but he did come over, come over a lot of adversity. Meanwhile, our pit reporters, Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips, are still downstairs uh, going through the aftermaths of this one. Uh, let's go first to Jim Phillips. Well, I'm going to go along with uh, the vote of Mark Martin on the peak uh, vote because, uh, like I said, he changed cars and then came back to finish uh, uh, in the top ten. And uh, Dick Brooks, who is positioned just outside of victory lane, your thought for the peak award right now? Well, we're gonna, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going with Mark Martin also. I'm in victory lane here, and we're trying to settle this controversy here. But uh, evidently, there's a winner here of Davey Allison. Davey, uh, 
got a lot of congratulations here. Thanks, Dick. You know, uh, I just got to hand it to Larry and Robert and all the guys in the engine shop back home because they've done a super job for me. They've given me everything I needed, and everybody wants to be where we are right now in Victory Lane, and that's why we're here. Not just because of what I do on the racetrack, but because of what these guys do, too. Well, there's going to be a controversy here, I expect, as everybody probably knows, but uh, uh, what happened down there? Well, uh, you know, I was leading the race going into turn 11. I was down there on the inside protecting the line, but driving straight, I wasn't doing nothing out of line, and next thing I know, somebody just plowed in the back of me and turned me around. So, uh, you know, I don't think Ricky did it deliberately, but, you know, it was pretty hard hit, so he could have avoided it. All right. Well, that's going to be the story for a while. Uh, it's going to be a lot of pictures taken of this because it's going to be difficult to find the dents. The uh, Peak Award, Barney, why don't we uh, wrap up our uh, votes. I'm going to nominate uh, Tommy Kendall, uh, as one of our other fellows did. Uh, he had a super race in one of his infrequent Winston Cup visits, and uh, even though the money by now we know will go to Mark Martin, I just want to nominate Tommy Kendall for a uh, superb run here today. Well, I was thinking about Mark Martin and Tommy Kendall. I'm thinking I'm going to have to cast a vote in the direction of Tommy Kendall because he did one whale of a job here today. But with five nominations from our crew of nine here today, Mark Martin will be awarded $500 as the winner of the Peak Antifreeze Cool Move of the Race Award. Let's go back into the garage area with Jim Phillips. And with uh, apparent second place winner, Rusty Rollis. Rusty, you dominated this race, but you come up a little bit short. What happened to your car there at the end? Well, with 12 laps to go, it was, it was flying. I mean, it was, it was the best car I've ever had, but it broke a cylinder. Uh, something in the engine stick caused it to miss, uh, and we don't know if it's a spark plug wire or a, um, a rocker arm or what it is. All I know, it stayed consistent. It didn't get any worse, so uh, this drove as hard as it could. It's what I had to work with, and we got us a second place out of the deal, but uh, uh, not with a little help of some cars up front having a problem, but... Never drove a car, it was so fast in my life, but uh, it's too bad. It looked like you, uh, even when you had the lead there and you were ahead of Ricky, you were just taking it easy, that you weren't driving as hard as you usually do. Well, no, I wasn't driving. I didn't have to drive as hard because the car was so fast, but uh, stuff like that happens, you know. It's just uh, you got to be in the right place at the right time, and Davey was in the right place at the right time. Uh, Ricky, who knows? I don't know what happened down there. I'm, I'm happy to take second. That's Rusty Wallace, your second-place finisher. Uh, tried to get aware of the Ricky Rudd, and, he, of course, to say the least, he's upset, and he chose not to talk uh, right now. Well, that's a story from the garage area and Jim Phillips right now. Davey Allison still in victory lane, and they're going to have to work on this one a while, I'm sure, because there's going to be a lot of unhappy folks. But how they sort it out, I'm glad it's their problem and not mine. The folks from Havitamp and Philly Cigars will be presenting the uh, Close But No Cigar Award today. $500 to the winner of that uh, award. And Barney, I don't know. We, normally, Barney and I will talk about it during a commercial break and then uh, come back with a decided answer. And we have not done that yet here today. Uh, I mean, do you, do you go with Ricky Rudd? I mean, obviously, he was. Uh, you wouldn't have it. There, I don't think there's any question about that. If this ruling stands the way they have it right now, you'd, I would have to go with Ricky Rudd. So Ricky Rudd will uh, take home the $500 on behalf of MRN Radio, Have a Tampa, and Philly Cigars as the winner of the Close But No Cigar Award. But uh, in victory lane today, Davey Allison, and with that win, he is inducted into the Gatorade Circle of Champions. And this is becoming somewhat routine for Davey. After a $500,000 eight days in May, he has now started off the month of June with another big payday here at Sears Point Raceway in California. Let's go back down to uh, either Dick Brooks or Jim Phillips. Both men are chasing down stories in the garage, fellas. Well, we're looking for uh, trying to talk to Ricky, and uh, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, rightfully so. I, I, uh, I'm not for sure that all this is going to sort out in the right way or not, but uh, he's uh, a little upset. So we're looking for anybody else. 
Tommy Kendall finished 17th, and hopefully we'll get a word uh, with him. Again, he was leading and uh, then had the tire problem after he and Mark Martin made contact up in the upper uh, portion of the race course. Uh, Jim Phillips? That's uh, the man we're looking for right now, Eli, is uh, Tommy Kendall. Try to get word with him and uh, find out just exactly what happened between him and Mark Martin on the, uh, the racetrack. Let's take you back through the running order a little bit here while we're waiting to track down a couple of those drivers. Right now it stands as Davey Allison is the winner. Ricky Rudd finishes second, apparently running third, and that may all change, but this is unofficial as we have it from NASCAR timing and scoring. Rusty Wallace apparently will run third in the, in the finish here this afternoon. Ernie Irvin comes up fourth, fifth, Goes to Kenny Schrader, sixth to Terry Labonte, seventh to Dale Earnhardt. Jeff Bodine will be posted with an eighth-place finish. Ninth will go to Mark Martin. Tenth looks like Michael Waltrip. Brett Bodine, eleventh. Finishing twelfth is Lake Speed. West Coast runner Bill Smith, the highest-finishing Winston West driver, showing up in thirteenth position. Mickey Gibbs gets a fourteenth-place finish. Bill Sedgwick finishes fifteenth. Sixteenth will go to Rick Wilson. Seventeenth to Alan Kowicki. Eighteenth position to Tommy Kendall. Finishing nineteenth would be Rick Mast. And rounding out the top twenty would be Bill Evans. Elliott. 21st will go to Bobby Hillen. Stanley Smith finishes 22nd. 23rd is Dave Marcus. Bobby Hamilton finishes 24th. 25th will be Darrell Waltrip with Sterling Marlin finishing in 26th spot. 27th position goes to Harry Gant. 28th will be Chad Little. Jimmy Spencer 29th and Derek Cope finishes in the 30th spot. 31st goes to Joe Rutman, Herschel McGriff will finish 32nd, 33rd Scott Gaylord, Richard Petty 34th, 35th will be Hutch Strickland, Irv Hare takes home 36th place money today, 37th will be Ted Musgrave, 38th John Krebs, Robert Sprague will finish 39th and Mike Chase 40th, 41st will be Dale Jarrett, 42nd Morgan Shepard, and 43rd R.K. Smith. Eli. Go right ahead. And, uh, Caught up with Con got Tommy Kendall. That bed the fender in on my tire and... Uh, Tommy, you're in the lead. Mark Martin challenged you. Then what happened? Well, we were side by side coming into seven. And, uh, we were banging fenders a little bit going in. And then coming off, we were just about dead even, uh, both hard on it. And uh, you know, I got a little bit loose, got into Mark's uh, left rear and sent him around and ended his day. And then uh, kind of poetic justice, uh, my tire was done as well. So I uh, came in, got a, a flat, and went out and finished wherever we were. When you got the lead, you seemed to really turn it on then. Yeah, you know, that's what we were waiting for all day. You know, we kind of just held our position early on and just uh, tried to save things. Our car was a little bit better after five or six laps on the tires, and so I, I knew if I could get to, you know, maybe three, four laps in there, I'd probably be able to hold Mark off. But he was just, you know, one more. I needed one more lap to build up a cushion, and, uh, you know, he was stronger on new tires, and uh, he caught me before I could really get away from him. I guess after this, you're really looking forward to going to Watkins Glen. Well, unfortunately, I have a few weeks to think about it. These guys all hop back in their cars next week, and I'll be in my GTP car, but I'll be certainly looking forward to Watkins Clan. Young Tommy Kendall, uh, one of the leaders today here in the Banquet 300. Jim, Jim, we've got uh, Waddell Wilson here. Waddell, uh, what have they decided to do? Well, they're reviewing it right now, and, and you know, I'm just waiting and hoping that they uh, come back and tell us that we've run the race, which we've officially won as far as I'm concerned, and we played with their rules, too, to do it. Uh, you know, this is going to be a controversy for a long, long time, but uh, I don't know what's right or wrong here, but uh, just tell us what you feel like. Well, you know, the 42 and the 6, they, they got together. There was nothing happened when they got together on the last couple of laps. And then coming into the last turn, coming up for the white, then we get into the 28 car. But we were trying to pass the car, not spin the car out. I mean, you're on your own on the last lap. You've raced, you know as well as I know. That's always been the rule. They've told us this. 
And now all of a sudden they're going to pick on the five car. They're going to penalize us. For what reason? Are they wanting Ford to win over Chevrolet or are they picking on us? Well, I don't understand it. When did you know you were black flag? After we'd already taken a white flag. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, it's going to take a while to settle this. There's a lot of hot, a lot of hot people down here. I think uh, actually when he stepped up to the mic, he did a lot better job than I thought he was going to. Well, a very emotional Waddell Wilson along with several other folks down on pit road this afternoon. Barney. Let's pause. Go ahead. Let's talk to Mark Martin. Mark, uh, to say the least, you come a long way with a race car that really wasn't suited for this racetrack. Started 14th. You worked your way up there to Tommy Kendall. And then your version of what happened. Well, I just passed him on the outside, and I was coming off that turn uh, right on, you know, as far out as I could get. And he got into me and turned me around. Uh, it's tight racing out there, and stuff happens. Uh, I was vulnerable, you know, I was on the, you know, I was all, I couldn't move over any further, and I was, I had him because the next turn is to the left, and of course I was going to be on the inside. He was trying to fight back and get it back, and, uh, and got into me and it's a shame we were fixing the motor off to our first win of the season the Folgers car was fantastic the guys were great I had a great run I can't tell you how bad we needed to win that race but we did all we could do I I mean you know there there's no that was my place to make the pass and the time was right and you know I didn't I left him all the room there was you know, and, uh, you know, st stuff like that happens. I respect that he was trying to race. You know, he was trying to get it back. That's Mark Martin, driver of the Folgers car, drove a heck of a race today here in the bank with 300. We had a little bit of everything happen in this one today. We had some great road racing. That last couple of laps there was about as exciting as you're going to see. And some of the racing that we'd seen 10 laps before that, would, a couple of those laps would have been worth the price of a ticket here this afternoon. The finish, kind of controversial. They're trying to sort it all out down there now. But for all practical purposes, Davey Allison has been declared the winner. Let's go down to Dick Brooks and see if we can get an update on what the situation is between Davey Allison and Ricky Rudd as far as the NASCAR decision. Well, I was standing here in the trailer and I've talked to uh, Chip Wilson, the, uh, one of the NASCAR officials, and, and, uh, and he says that they're looking at the tapes, they're analyzing it, and they have not totally made a decision yet on what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know. There's going to be <laughs> there's three or four fights broke out in here, people that wasn't even involved in that thing. So by the time it gets done, this is going to be something. Chip well. Williams is the director of public relations for NASCAR, for those of you who might be new to the sport and uh, don't know all the personalities by name. And uh, we'll just wait and see what happens. But, you know, we hesitated. If you listen to the play-by-play -play on that last lap, uh, Doyle Ford has a distinctive style. When he gives the checkered flag to the race winner, he really leans way down and waves that flag right over that car. And he didn't do that over Ricky's car. He did it over Davey's car. And I was hesitating as I was talking. I kind of did a double clutch there. And uh, that's why it sounded a little disjointed. But uh, that's uh, part of the story of this day here at Sears Point Raceway. I think, too, the, well, one of the stories on how this thing ends up may be the interpretation in the rule book of how long you have to acknowledge a black flag. And, of course, they'll go back over that. Uh, but that, as I said, that is not mine and your area. That is NASCAR's area. And we'll kind of have to wait and see what they decide. Let's go back to the garage and Jim Phillips. Well, Ernie Urban worked really hard today to come up to uh, now a third-place finish. Ernie, you had a couple of altercations early in the race and came back to a fine finish. We sure did. You know, this Kodak car ran good all day. And, uh, you know, that one restart, everybody got bottled up, and I just happened to be the one that got hit from behind. Lost probably, you know, 20 or 30 spots right then and, and just had to start coming back then and um, got another tangle up with one of the West Coast guys and got spun again and 
So now I'm just about a lap down, and we just kept running hard all day and running the same speed as the leaders. And, you know, the, the cautions finally fell for us, and, um, you know, the Kodak car came for a good finish. That altercation you had up uh, on the road course where you lost so much time, did that hurt your car in at all, knock the toe in out or anything? No, I never actually hit the wheels on anything. You know, the, the time that I got in it on the restart, it just flat-spotted all the tires. So I ran a, just about a fuel stop with flat-spotted tires, and we could still run good speed. So, you know, we don't have nothing to complain about it. Anytime you come to a road course and you can come out with all four tires on and, and all wheels on it, you know, it, it's good. You know, it's a good run for Kodak and Chevrolet and Delco Remy. And, you know, we're real, real proud of what the team's done here. That's Ernie Irvin. Our thanks to the folks behind the scenes who helped make our job so easy. Martha Oliver and Augusta Johnson were on the scoring loop. Our uh, production assistant was Eddie LaRue here this weekend. Our coverage out on the turns today from Joe Moore, Fred Armstrong. Alan Bestwick, Rick Benjamin, and David Hyatt. Our pit reporters were Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips. We thank you so much for joining us from Sears Point Raceway here in Sonoma, California. We'll talk to you next week from Pocono. Until then, for all of us here at MRN, Eli Gold for Barney Hall. So long, everybody. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.